Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game, Rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try hard to stick to reasonable languages for all ages, listeners should know that this is a podcast that may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., may bear resemblance to persons living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. What I want to do is I want to do what we started with last week, and I just want to go around the table really quick and get some basic introductions of who your character is and the last thing you remember from last game. And then we'll just go from right to left around the horseshoe here. And so, start us off, Jake. All right, Jake Manning. I play Jack Doyle, private investigator. And uh, last game, I shot and apparently killed two cultists. That's my recollection. Yeah, you uh, you did happen to uh, discharge your firearm a few times. Yeah, last in, the, week. in the middle of a mental hospital. Right. Uh, hospital. Hospital. Yeah, sure. Uh, and to your left is. I'm Heather Ashcraft, and I play Anastasia Edwina Fairchild, better known as Stasi, to her friends. Uh, I was not here the last game session, uh, so the my recollection uh, goes back one before that, and we had just completed searching through the some offices and a garage, and finding a bottle of 60 proof homemade whiskey, which of the three bottles, uh, Stasi, being a bit of a lush that she is, decided to take one home and try it out while speaking with a her roommate who is in mm. California uh, at this time, who had previously asked her to look in on a friend that she had heard in the past, which started her part of this whole investigation. And so comforting a friend on the phone led to more tasting of the whiskey and the next thing Stasi remembers is it's now almost noon and she is just waking up with a terrible headache, desperately needing coffee and a bit of the hair of the dog that bit her. Wonderful. Uh, at the end of the table this time. Uh, yes, uh, at the end of the table, uh, Mr. Uh, Lonnie Harris and I'm playing uh, Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth, a civil engineer who uh, would really like to get back to working on the Tribune Tower, but uh, somebody keeps getting shot in the middle of it, so... <laughs> These things, they do happen. They do. They do happen. And um, I don't even, I don't even pull a gun, so I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. Give it time. <laughs> uh, my name is James Bunnell, and I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach, the doctor of the group, and the last thing he remembers is that he was very busy in the back of a car and covered with a lot of blood and very busy and trying to concentrate. Thank you. <laughs> You were, and whose blood was it? It was mine. <laughs> Indeed. Tiffany McCaskey going to be playing Maeve O'Shea, who was cut from shoulder to shoulder from a crazy mental orderly. Those orderlies. Very, They'll very get you busy. every time. Okay, so as we raise the curtain on tonight's scene, we're actually going to start in kind of a different position. So everybody who was a part of last game session... You just keep your heels cooled for me for a little bit while I, uh, mm-hmm. I prepare things for you a bit. 
So Stasi, you yeah, around, around about eleven thirty or so, eleven forty-five, you have made it down to Doctor Tottenbach's office. You know, you're probably a little late, but the group didn't really decide when they were going or what they were doing next. They just said that we were all going to gather at the office, and you know, with the bit of a a ring in your ear, maybe from last night? You're not really sure. The pounding in my head, darling, does <laughs> continue, and these sunglasses are just not dark enough to keep out the, the sun. You, you're fairly familiar that the doctor's assistant, Lily, happens to make excellent coffee, and the doctor may have some medicinal products on site that might assist with a, your headache or... Lord knows anything else you might have. Oh, dear God in heaven, I do hope so. So you you approach the office, and it, mm. it appears to be open. There's uh, a young woman that passes you uh, on the way out. She's coming out from the office. She smiles and says, good morning. They say that. She definitely kind of moves around you to let you uh, enter the office. Mm. When you enter Dr. Tottenbach's office, it's uh, just as you'd left it, the previous day. There's no other patients here but you. And Lily is sitting behind the desk. She greets you warmly. Oh, good, good morning. Uh, How Lily, can I help you? Are you, you alright? Lily, darling, a bottle of aspirin and the strongest coffee that you can cut with a knife and a fork, please. Oh my, of course, of course. Up here. Just take a seat. She comes around the desk and kind of gingerly assists you into a, a chair that the doctor has available. And I'm good, but thank she you, darling. She begins fretting over you for the next 10 or 15 minutes, making sure that you have everything you need. Just the aspirin. Or if you have something stronger. Um, I... Come on, darling. I, I am believe... In a, I am in a way. Believe the doctor does? Mm. I mean... He is a doctor, though, is he not? Uh, yes, yes. Dr. Dogmark is a, is a licensed physician. He does have a... Many possible medications. Uh, something that will at least keep me awake, but take care of this train that is running through my skull. Yes, uh, 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 give me but a moment. Let me see if I can find something. She kind of totters off in the back, and you're kind of coaxing your head a little bit, and you can hear her in the next room um, just kind of going through what sounds like cabinets. Your cabinet's opening, and you hear a couple of glass jars, and whatnot, and you hear a bell, a very slight bell at the front door. Lily? Lily! <laughs> Lily? You hear footsteps in the room with you. I kind of look up, pull my glasses down a little bit on my nose. You look up and you see the well-manicured suit and trench coat of a gentleman. He's graying at the temples, probably 40s, maybe? Quite the stern gaze from his position. And as he moves his trench coat back a little bit, you can see on the inside breast pocket of his jacket, he has a holster and a gun. Good morning. That's what they claim. The secretary will be out in a minute. Wonderful. Lily comes out. Oh, uh, see, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you come in. Just one moment. She kind of 
hustles over to you and sets the uh, a cup of fresh coffee down oh. with uh, yes. a rather large white tablet. Oh, you are a goddess. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, just give me one moment. I'll, I'll yeah, let me know if you need anything else. No. She turns to the gentleman who's God, no. standing there. Um, can I help you, sir? He extends his hand and takes off his hat and then places it on the hat rack. I pop that pill as fast as possible and down it with about a half a cup of that coffee right away. You are Lily, aren't you? You hear his voice kind of radiate out Mm. throughout the room. Uh, Yes, yes, can I... Can I help you? I'm looking for Dr. Tottenbach. Has he arrived yet for the day? Lily shakes her head. Uh, uh, the doctor is out uh, taking calls. I'm sorry. Do you know when he'll be back? Lily shakes her head again. I'm I'm really not certain. Hmm. Well, you have a wonderful office here, ma'am. That coffee smells wonderful. Mind if I have a cup? Oh, of course, of course. She hustles back off. So, the rest of you are driving back to the doctor's office. Are we? I would assume so. As I'm driving this car. Maybe not. As, as there's someone bleeding all over your back seat, Mr. Yeah, Parker. there's also someone unconscious in the trunk That's as well. That's true. Yeah. So, before I assume that, Wait, very well. Wait, we put in the trunk? The golf is. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Mr. Forsyth, where are you driving to? Rationally. Rationally, yes. I'm going back to the doctor's office. Quite. You arrive at the doctor's office. It doesn't take you very long to get there. Dunning is... Is there a back entrance? No, not my own. No, I wouldn't believe so. No, it would be front door. <coughs> um, well, actually, wait, 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 strike that. We, in an episode, did discuss a, a side entrance for your business when they came and collected uh, the lady who passed away. That's true. So there is a side entrance, yes, but there's no direct walk up for or drive up for a car. It would be just a, a, a small sidewalk that would walk back towards that section. We cannot unload a body from the trunk of the well, car in broad daylight. We're not going to unload a body from the trunk of the car. We're just going to unload uh, Miss O'Shea and the doctor. And leave him in the trunk. Yeah. Mr. Doyle, um, you deal with the one in the trunk. I will deal with the one that's currently... Keep, please keeping it on the road, Mr. Forsyth. It's currently bleeding all over the place. My dear, if you would please stop bleeding, that would be quite helpful. Try my best. <laughs> yeah, you are down a few hit points now. Aren't are you, you doing the uh, first aid to it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you want me to do another medical roll? So the the question is, mm-hmm. the question <coughs> truly is, first aid or medicine, uh, as they are different skills, oh, yeah. and they they require different things. Mm-hmm. So if you are treating her wounds, you can roll medicine. Uh, a person treated successfully with medicine recovers a D3 hit points, yes. in addition to any first aid they may have received, except in the case of a dying character, uh, which luckily Miss O'Shea is not. It's not. So if you would like to make a medicine roll, you can, but I believe, I believe, you are allowed 
to roll first aid first if you'd like. Uh, as which would make sense because you're in a rush position in the back of a car. Yes. First aid, I would believe, I would surmise, would be yes. what you would do. First. Combat first aid would be first. Yes. Uh, which I am not as skilled in as medicine. I'm more of a school. Does this hurt? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. If I press here, then more blood comes out. If I press <laughs> here, less blood comes out. So I'm going to keep pressing here. Shock. <laughs> Uh, 99. No. Oh. <laughs> I said keep it on the road! Oh yeah, so blame the driver. <laughs> a 99 is not great. No. Not great at all. Um, you can push it. <laughs> you could. Um, what, over the edge? It's, it's not, it's not... It's not a combat roll, so it can be proposed. Uh, a fumble means something really bad happens. And as the uh, mentioned last week, mm. the note here is, the nature of the misfortune or bad luck is at the keeper's discretion. Yes, keeper. Oh, shit. I don't necessarily cause it. <laughs> <laughs> Up to you. Uh, the thing is, if you push the roll, yeah. you have to have a hard success to succeed. And we don't even want to talk about you spending luck because it would be far a too much luck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, considering my dice apparently hate me this far, I'm not going to push my luck. Very well, very yeah. well. Miss O'Shea, take another point of damage. Yes. In the As he attempts to... Stop. Stop the bleeding or get control of what's going on there. And unfortunately for the doctor, maybe it's the Chicago roads, maybe it's the exasperation of what's going on in the front and the back seat, but his thumb does sadly slide uh, in near some kind of left shoulder uh, area. And uh, unfortunately, the first or so digit of his thumb does go into the wound itself. And it hurts like the dickens. Don't worry, madam. Ribs grow back. <laughs> I probably scream as loud as humanly possible. I'm sorry, my dear. I'm sorry. I'm quite sorry. This is not my usual um, area of expertise. I am a doctor, not a mechanic. <laughs> the car comes to a stop outside the offices of Dr. Tomlock. Catch you up when we get you inside, I promise. What are you doing? Uh, I mean, everyone. Hmm. Well, opening the door backwards so that I can help her out of the backseat of the car. Sure. I probably have either, you know, suggest one of you grab the door, like the mm-hmm. door to the, to the, to my office. Yeah. And the, uh, tell the other one to go get Lily, because I'm going to need her help. Like the door, you go get Lily. All right, I go get Lily. <laughs> You open the door and you prepare to move in. You head in. You see Lily behind the desk. She's doing paperwork. She's working over a few things. In the immediate, as soon as you step foot into the office, you see Stasi to your left in a chair, cup of coffee, hand over her face, yep. uh, looking like she's been out the night previously, even though you know where she was the previous night. She was with you guys at the Union Stockyards. Right, but... But... 
It looks like maybe some partying went on afterwards. You're not sure at first glance? I can make assumptions based off of the times that I have met the madam. Go ahead and give me a hard spot hidden roll. Sure. Hard spot hidden roll. Hard. That is a zero. That's a four. Yeah. <laughs> so past your first two steps when you get towards Lily's desk, the hair on the back of your neck stands up on end. Mm-hmm. There is somebody in this room who's not obvious in your immediate perception. Right. And you snap person. left, and there's a person standing there. Okay. Who's not, well, for a moment, you're not sure who it is, and then you immediately clear it up as kind of the... Shadows of the room bend back a little bit, or he steps more into the, the daylight that's available. And that's your old friend, Detective William Belmont. I look at him, and then I look at her, and I say, uh, Lily, uh, the doctor sent me. Um, he's bringing in a patient, uh, Miss O'Shea. I look up. Lily jumps to her feet. And so, of course, of course. And she, uh, do you know, do you know what, what's wrong? She's been cut. Okay, it's, right. it's she, she goes into the uh, examination room and begins preparing a bed. And Mr. Forsythe. Yes. I get towards the door. Achtung! Lily! Do you need a further assistance? Yes, come with me. I shoot the rest of the Your coffee bro. down my gullet. And, uh, Very well. I can do. The two of you step back outside. I run back outside looking for all the world like a man who's in a panic right. and not paying attention to anyone else. What and hopefully heck? Mr. Belmont sees that. I have her helping her inside Mr. Doyle. Right now. I am not stable. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably going to have to help him he? get her inside just because he's she's... Well, he's got a bad... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a bad leg, so... <laughs> Wait, that's a detective? That's Belmont, the guy running the investigation. Mm, All right. Move her inside. Mm-hmm. You have to keep Directly into the OR, as it were. All right. The, yes. Into uh, the action room. Yes. Okay. Um, I... After speaking with that, we split. I go back into into the office. Give me a moment, then. The three of you, you with your cane and Miss O'Shea in one hand, and then obviously uh, Mr. Doyle assisting you with Miss O'Shea. You walk into your uh, place of your place of business. Sometimes one would call it your residence, sure. given how much time you spend here. How much I sleep, uh, here. and you know every inch of this room. And there is something in it you are not prepared for. And that is a detective from the Chicago Police Department. He greets you. Good morning, Doctor. Good morning. Oh, Miss O'Shea. Good morning, Mr. And Mr. Doyle. How wonderful to see you all. Don't let me keep you. No, absolutely. And nor would I, if you don't mind. (laughs) Right around him into the action room. Sure. Right this way, Miss O'Shea, please down on the table, relax. I will have the pain gone in a moment and your wound gone even faster. You come in. So I come in to the, um, I, on purpose, uh, align myself so that should I happen as I trip myself, with the ear quotes there, uh, I stumble into Detective Belmont. Okay. So you're going to attempt to... Pick his pocket? No, just stumble into him. Okay. She's drunk. It's fine. Ish. 
Ooh. Detective Belmont. <laughs> oh, I am. Oh, keeps you uh, from stumbling into him, and he deftly grabs your arm in a firm yet comforting way and makes yeah. sure you don't stumble. Oh. I get the I get the uh, orderly out of the truck. I am so <laughs> and proceed to the side sorry. entrance. Sorry, I am so sorry. Last night was a bit rough. Yes. Uh, Are you all right? Uh, to be honest, not really. That's just why I'm here. He helps you to the chair. I am. Tr- I am attempting to basically kind of keep his back to the door and focused on me. Okay, so. If you're attempting to do something specific like that, that will probably require a roll. Uh, just because, uh, obviously, the detective's purpose here is to detect. Yes. And if you're attempting to keep him from detecting, then he is going to be a little bit concerned. So I guess the question is, is how are you attempting to do that? What skill would you utilize to do that? Are you attempting to captivate him by your uh, uh, charm? Charm. I think charm would work. Okay. You could do that. You could roll charm if you'd like. Charm. I think of charm or persuade. I think at this at this point in the action, charm would probably be yes, first. Because you're not actually asking him to do anything specific. Again, yes. So you're just trying to impress him. Mm-hmm. You know? the wheels. Well, you're trying to turn the star power on a little bit and say, hey, look at me, look at me. No, I'm just suggesting, I'm suggesting that she grease his wheels. <laughs> that comes later. I'll do whatever it takes. A lot of D20s there. Are you yeah. sure you're not a D&D player? This is an adult podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, easily edited it out. I made sure there was a silence before and after. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so that we can that is an extreme. Okay, so you rolled what on your charm? 14. My extreme is 15. Here. Okay, so your charm is in the 70s. 75. Ooh. Okay. Uh, it is an opposed roll, thankfully, but we'll wait on that for the moment. You seem to have the detective's attention. Um, you would even maybe gather that the detective's eyes may be off the room where he was trying to keep an eye on, and perhaps they're... Perhaps they're more aimed at your neckline at this point. I. But he is definitely out of, out of place at this point. I continue to make sure that my body movements emphasize where to keep his. Yeah, like that. Sure. To keep his eyes. Um, <laughs> no, no, not you, doctor. <laughs> and. It's a different skill. To <laughs> utilize every ounce of my charms to keep his attention approximately where I'd like it to be, which is... Sure. Yes. Wonderful. Mr. Forsyth, then tell me what is it you're doing with the body you've pulled out of the trunk. Well, he's still alive. Why he's did not you pull dead. the body out of there? Because I can't leave him in there. He then, might wake up. Then drive off. We need. I want him in a place where he can be restrained. The doctor's office has restraints. I know this because I've seen them. Okay, so... <laughs> so what I do is, is I go to the trunk. Sure. I open the trunk very quickly. I cantilever out the body onto my shoulder, just like I left the... the uh, just like I left the 
medical facility. Yes. I shut the trunk with okay. my other hand, and then I groan off to the side entrance. I'm sure people see, but I'm not worried at this point. And then I rap on the side door. Give me one moment. Not loud, but I definitely rap on the side door. Because if I remember correctly, this guy had been shot also. No. No? Nope. He had just been knocked, knocked out. Him out. Didn't he get hit with something though? Nope. I seem to remember he was down a few points before I tackled him. No, this gentleman, the orderly that you have over your shoulder, was sword fighting, sort of, melee fighting with the doctor. And basically they were attacking and parrying each other, attacking and parrying each other. And when you came in, if memory serves correctly, you simply shouldered him into the couch and did enough damage to knock him out. Oh, okay. He's only keep in mind, he's only temporarily knocked out. So, right. at the side door, Lily appears. She opens it. Mr. Forsyth. Mr. Forsyth. <laughs> Get this man on a table. Restrained. Uh, help me with him. Preferably gagged. Gagged? Yes. She looks a little uneasy about it, but she helps you get him into yes. uh, a, a back room, basically, where the doctor keeps uh, an emergency bed if necessary. And she she perks up a bit and says, "Do you have any experience with with field medicine?" No. None? None. Okay, guess what? You just became a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> Lily's definitely getting a raise. Yep. Uh, so, Isn't you and her begin... You and her begin... 100%. Getting out what is necessary to restrict a patient who is going through seizures, which yes. is equipment that the doctor would have. Yes. So I'll leave you there. Mr. Doyle, are you staying in the room while the doctor works on Miss O'Shea? No, I don't think so, because they don't need me in here, and the detective is out there, and somebody's got to deal with that. You might be right. (laughs) Okay. So, you get her on the table. You prepare to do your stuff. You kind of rinse real quick and get what you need. And by the time you prepare to turn around to tell Mr. Doyle he should probably exit stage left because mm. you're about to work with a patient, mm. he has already turned his back and is moving out the door. Thank you, Mr. Doyle. Close well, the sure door behind him. Fair job. Okay, Fair job. so you close the door behind him. We'll mm-hmm. stay spotlighted on you for mm-hmm. a second. Um, you prepare to work on your patient. Mm-hmm. So... What steps are you taking? Uh, first, um, I'm obviously in a reassuring tone. Um, my dear, you must relax. Don't worry. This will, I will be as gentle as I possibly can. First things first, a small amount of nitrous oxide uh, in order to, you know, um, take the edge off. And then probably a small amount of morphine or codeine to dull the pain. Uh, I probably don't have any local anesthetics in the in, in house. So once she is eye rolling, uh, literally once she's warm and eye rolling, then I 
do my best to make them very small stitches mm -hmm. and uh, as tight together as possible. Uh, okay. I also keep a very close eye on her pulse mm -hmm. uh, in order to make sure that she hasn't lost her too much blood. If she has lost too much blood, then we will have to deal with that bridge when we come to it. So the actual wound goes from essentially where her arm meets her chest here okay. across her clavicle. Okay. It, it's not. In a, it's a straight line. It's, oh, rough, okay. it's a roughly straight line. Okay. So the nice part is, is that it's a roughly straight line. Um, there aren't a whole lot of s s sweeping V-necks yeah. at this point right. in 1923. So <laughs> she's probably okay. Not that her character probably wears them, but you do remember her being a singer. That's true. And so the cosmetic of the situation is on your mind. Sure. And I do my level best to take that into account. Okay. So this is a medicine roll. This is yes. not a first aid roll, which this is a medicine hopefully will be a Thank little you. bit better for you. Yes. Don't fuck me here. <laughs> <laughs> Eight. Okay, so what is your medicine skill? My medicine skill is a 75. That's under 15, which okay. is my... What's that? That's extreme. Yeah. Extreme, yes. Oh, yeah. so that's, an extreme, that's an extreme success. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Wonderful. That's great. Okay, so the first thing's first. Roll a d3. Okay, so I'm going to say that because of your the extreme nature of your success, mm -hmm. which is yeah. well done, extreme. well done, uh, I'm going to add a hit point onto your recovery. Okay. So I'm going to say that you recover three hit points worth of damage. So I'm only down one then. Yeah, the, the one you got from him sticking his thumb in your body. Right. Yeah. So you for the time that you're working on her, seem to mm -hmm. go into a bit of a fugue state. You're completely enraptured with lining up the skin and properly moving the needle in and out, mm -hmm. in and out. Yep. You create for yourself a tempo. Mm -hmm. And what you begin to do is, you begin to hum. Mm -hmm. And as you hum and move the needle in and out, in a matter of 10 minutes or so, you've made it halfway across her body. And you begin to get the sense that you are doing a really fine job. And unlike many times when you've been in this position before, you are not flooded with any anxious nature over the head. You are in the zone, Doctor. Mr. Doyle, you step outside to speak with the police officer. Uh, when you arrive back on the scene, Proud of my work. Dr. Belmont seems to be somewhat enraptured with the neckline of your compatriot there. He's there talking, talking back and forth. He seems oddly personable. He wasn't personable at all when you met him the last time. Well, you know, he you tried to charge me with murder, so... He did try to charge you with murder. He should have uh, waited two weeks. <laughs> that was self-defense, thank you. It, actually, technically speaking, the murder at the kiss happened Friday. Today is Monday. Oh, yeah. okay, so, yeah, he should have waited a weekend. It's been a really long weekend. I know, I know right? right? It's like Ferris Bueller long. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> and I'm hearing the door shut, the, the detective turns. 
Detective. Mr. Doyle. I was hoping to run into you here. How's your friend? I think she'll be okay. Yeah? Good. Good. So, I wanted to let you know, you probably shouldn't make any plans to leave town anytime soon. Well, luckily I wasn't. Good. My lawyer did get a hold of you, didn't he? We have had some contact with the legal profession, yes. We have pretty regularly, actually. Mm -hmm. The weekend slows things down a few times, but the paperwork's been submitted as of this morning. Mm -hmm. I figured I would stop by here just in case the whispers on the street were true that uh, you and the doctor have become acquainted with one another. Yes, I have been helping him with an investigation into a possible contagion in the city. Ah, contagion. Wouldn't have anything to do with a couple of dead bodies at a speakeasy, would it? I cannot uh, speak to that. Keep in mind, Mr. Doyle, I'm not a member of the press. No, I know. But you're a member of the police department. That's right. And I have rights, which includes not speaking to the police without a lawyer present. You see? We can always talk about it downtown if you'd like. You can get your lawyer. We can do that. You see his eyes look back and forth just slightly out the doctor's front office window as if... Actually, give me a luck roll just really quick. I would think that his back would be to the window since I came out of the back. Uh, well, the way I saw it, the windows are where the seating is, and that's where... Right, but when I came out of the back room, I'm not going to walk past that any farther than the door. You're not going to walk Okay, fair enough. Don't worry about the roll. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, I should have said that. No, that's fine. It's fine. We can just redline it all. It's not a big deal. I'm interested to find out uh, what happened with Miss O'Shea. She looked like she was quite worse for wear. Yes, there was an incident in one of the investigations. Incident? Yeah. An accident. Mm. You know, this city's full of accidents. True. It's absolutely true. It happens all the time. Well, once you get word from your lawyer, we'll speak again. I think you'll find that there's several witnesses who will confirm my story. You know what's funny about stories like that? There are always a couple of witnesses. Yeah, and it's funny that the legal system gives a lot of weight to witnesses. And there's this thing called innocent before, you know, proven guilty. I would know, you know, having worked on the force for a while. No, before no, I, I went and fought in the war. We're well aware of your service to the police force and to the country. Right. Which is, of course, laudable for any man. He, I'm sure uh, we all couldn't have done that. Oh, I was a little busy here. Right. Sadly. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, nothing. I don't mean anything about it. Why did you leave the force exactly? Honestly, after what I saw in the war, I just didn't have the uh, belief that people were all good anymore. Mm. I think you might be right. He uh, steps over to the 
hat rack and grabs his hat. Puts it on. Ma'am, I surely hope you feel better. Thank you, Detective. I shall... I'm sure that the doctor will find something that will help me feel improve. I'm sure he will. Be seeing you. I look forward to it. He steps out the front door and down the street. Yikes. I hate that guy. <laughs> I hear you. Yes, Mr. Forsythe. Oh, I was going to say, after we got done so restraining you? him, I was going to go out the side exit again in case Mr. Belmont decided to come out and talk with Mr. Forsythe. Uh, no, no, actually, by the time you are done preparing uh, yeah. the orderly, uh, Detective Belmont is gone. So, please continue. Uh, did you try that whiskey? Oh, yeah, it was very good. <laughs> yeah, I tell me about it. Very gentle little kiss right here on the forehead. <laughs> So what the hell happened? Something along the lines of I'm glad I could save you this time. And I'm going to take her the other Sorry about that figure. I put the No, no, please, please. Please, if you're going to do a recap with her in character, it should be done here because keep in mind, this is the first time she's hearing about what happened. And out of game, I actually did not listen outside of the first five minutes so that I would purposely not know. Okay. Um... So we went up to the hospital. You went to the hospital. Yes. Please tell me for all of that, you got something. We did get something. Come out we wash have, my hands. <laughs> we have confirmed that uh, something is going on at the stockyards. We, at that location where it was burned out. We know something is there. Something of what nature? A hole in the ground, apparently. Hole in the ground. Yes, we talked to uh, Mrs. Um, Holden. Holden. She is alive. She is alive. Is she uh, <laughs> cuckoo? Well, she's not in a good state. Okay. But she was convinced that her son was dead. Yeah. And we know for a fact that he's not dead. The Did doctor you tell him? Did you tell her that yes. he's not dead? And how did she react? Um, she became a lot more cooperative after that. Right before we were attacked by several orderlies. Did they really have the nice. mark? Did they have a, the mark on them? I don't know, but we do have one of the orderlies. We can us. find out if he has the mark. We should. That would explain a few things. So <laughs> I'm assuming in the ensuing battle. Four. I don't know where he is, but I'm assuming you don't want to. Oh, yeah. Fingerprints would probably not be a good thing. Uh, just as a historical note here, 1923 fingerprints not not as not 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 a big thing. Not, it's not that it's not done. It's just that it's not very common yet. They didn't have the FBI database until like the late 30s, I right. believe. Yeah. So so any any possible marks. Yes. And the and the database would only have had criminals in it. <laughs> Those were the people they could get their hands on. Yeah, so, like most of you. No, so I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> that. Uh, her new scar, her new piece yes. is from that. Well, luckily or unluckily, depending <laughs> on your point of view, she was the only one of us wounded. I'll go. But there are two bodies lying in the, the hospital right now with gunshot, with gunshot wounds. Well, one wounded versus two dead? I'll take those odds. 
I will say, it is some of my very best work. I'm actually quite proud of it. Well, hopefully uh, it doesn't leave too bad a scar. Actually, if we she probably maintains it, she should leave no scarring at all. Almost. Maybe a thin line, perhaps. Mm. A scar means a story. This is true. This is not a bad thing. At least in my line of work. Lily comes into the room. Oh, doctor. Lily. She uh, hands you a cup of coffee. I actually, just over the last like four Lily. days, I Lily. give Lily a hug. <laughs> I know it's a little inappropriate, but I... <laughs> I, just, I just hold up my cup. Lily, just point to the cup. <laughs> one, one moment. Uh, she, she, she takes your hug respectfully, but um, she... Never drink she puts a she puts a soft yet firm hand to to get some distance from you. I mean no offense by it, my dear. I'm just happy to see the same face. <laughs> no, you just smell like surgery gloves. <laughs> <but. laughs> Yourself? <laughs> my dear. The, the, the raise in your pay if you ever talking about you have more than it. <laughs> we will discuss it tomorrow. There is a situation. In fact, she kind of walks a bit towards Stasi's oh. coffee cup and pours it and then kind of very simply but yet deftly pirouettes a bit to the front door and shuts it and mm. locks it. Ah. In the storage room. Oh, thank you. Thunderbar. Mr. Goins. After you, Doctor. I you. come back to a locked door. <laughs> if you come back, if she, she would see you yeah, and let yeah. you in and then yeah. lock the door and then there's a sign yeah. right, that says open or close and she flips it to closed. Okay. Open. Open a few of the drawers. So, quick question: Since some time has passed since I popped whatever mm-hmm. tablet Spelling she dolls. gave me, mm-hmm. I've never done this before. Any effects? Yeah, absolutely. You've cleared up quite a bit. Either, so. I'm um, feeling the the clouds have lifted. Um, you actually feel a little bit um, higher up than you were expecting. The coffee's leveling you out a little bit. Uh, no, but you're concerned that if you finish the second cup, maybe you get a bit of dizzy. However, okay, I do contone skin the right side. Okay. Just to confirm. All right. Yeah. Thank you. That's fair. I pull out a pair of forceps and a scalpel. Okay. I look at as I said, if we can replay it. <laughs> what, what do you think doing? we're going to do? But, oh, these. Yeah, yeah. no, this is um, all psychological, my friend. I do not condone torture, but I do condone scaring the shiza out of someone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so your plan is to uh, interrogate the... Oh, no, my plan is to be the... What do they call it? Um, what's the, uh, 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 the bad cop? And it's, um, it's a good cop. It's a good yeah, cop. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you're going to be... It's a good cop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. Good I'm coming into cop. the room to watch. <laughs> so this is this scene is going to take place in the, in the back room. This mm-hmm. is normally where there are supplies. There's a small, um, comfortable chair back here where it looks like maybe the doctor can take a nap at some point and then there's also a auxiliary bed here and on this auxiliary bed there is the uh, Dunning orderly who has been strapped to it by several thick leather straps Uh, there has been some sort of fabric shoved into his mouth and a strap put over said fabric so that way uh, he cannot lift his head and he cannot move his arms or his legs hey doc what exactly happens back here (laughs) <laughs> I don't ask you about your profession. <laughs> That's fair. That's okay. fine. <laughs> That's I got, awesome. I actually got this, I believe, at a medical auction. 
We're gonna say at a medical auction. Wonderful. I think we shouldn't have looked too deeply into it. The I don't know, but I might be asking you if I could borrow it at That's some fine. point in the future. It looks like the orderly is, is beginning to come around a little bit. It's been a good mm, 45 minutes since the incident at Dunning, including transport and then him being strapped to a bed. So he's he's not awake yet, but he is starting to stir. So um, I'll slap him on the face a few times, try to bring him around. Uh, while you're doing that, I start to take off the shirt. His shirt? My shirt? Your shirt? Your shirt? shirt? You take it off. <laughs> the orderly <laughs> shirt. Oh, okay. okay this I'll get awesome. to you guys later. Excellent. <laughs> I, I, all I'm asking for is clarity. Just tell me what's going on. Right. Now, I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to think. The uniforms at the time would either button off to one shoulder. Okay. So I will unbutton and... I'm sure he's wearing an undershirt. Yeah, he is. So I look around. Scalpel. Sc- scalpel? Yeah, scissors? He is. Thank keep you. in mind, too, he is, he is essentially leather, you know, yes. leather strapped to this. Yes. There's not a whole lot of movement on the shirt. No, just you can I expose just need to a little open, bit of it, but yeah. Yeah, I just need to open up the chest, and whatever I cannot unbutton, I use the scalpel one. Oh. And just mm-hmm. cut straight down and open up to see the chest. Sure. Any marks? Yes. Familiar? Yeah. Yep. Doctor? Doyle? Very good. Well, not good, but... <sighs> so on his chest, there I'll are... There are two crescent-shaped symbols. They almost look like ellipses in that sense. Yes, very good. There's a picture of them. familiar. So definitely familiar to all of you. They are roughly the same size. They do not appear to be a brand so much as they appear to be... Well, I mean, you have a chance to look at them. Would you like to hmm. take a closer look I at them? I would like to take a very close so look at them. So why don't you go ahead and make me a medicine roll? Yes. I would like to do that. That is 50 under 75, so yes. Did the man have a cup of joe? Okay, so you take a closer look at the overall symbols and, and the symbol of the two kind of crescent-shaped images. And what you see isn't so much a brand as it's garification. And it's been done by a very, very small tool. This was done over time. Small yeah. cuts. Oh, yeah. So it isn't made with one kind of whopping wound. It's made painstakingly almost. This is crafted. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, at least they, you know, proud of their craftsmanship. Is this guy white or black? This uh, man's Caucasian. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello. Hi. He looks, he's wide-eyed. Yeah. Um, he realizes suddenly that his, his head and body are strapped to a table, and he begins kind of jerking around a little bit. Oh, this, that seems very uncomfortable. I wouldn't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. And I, I come down, <laughs> put my hands on his head. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> I think you'll hurt yourself. If you stay still, you might make it through this. 
Uh, are you going to attempt to make him feel more comfortable, or are you attempting to make him feel more uncomfortable? I'm trying to get him to stay still. <laughs> then that's going to be a charm roll. Charm? I'm going to say that you're at disadvantage on this roll. <laughs> Persuade? No, 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 no. Um, so, so, um, so, charm initially to kind of have a better response. The idea behind a the idea behind a disadvantage roll is you're going to make the roll, okay. and then you're going to take an extra tens die, and you're going to pick the highest one, because because of the situation, this Dunning orderly is he's scared to death. So charming somebody who is in a fright panic is very difficult. Yeah. Because they don't want to be charmed; they're, they're having a flight response. Right. So, but please go so ahead. Do the roll first. Yeah. Twenty-four. Uh, that gives me. That's under oh. my heart. Is there a second tens die there, though? Make sure you roll the second tens die. Yeah. So roll another tens die. I apologize. For us. I seem to have grabbed a bag without any. It's okay. Out. You're okay. That's a three. Okay. So. Thirty-four. It's there's still thirty-four. So it's well under your charm. So, but yes, cool. heart, my heart is thirty-seven. Reading yeah. that correctly, I believe. Even disadvantage. I, I would I would tend to believe then you're you're you kind of coax him not down all the way, but his jitters calm a little bit. Um, he's definitely trying to make eye contact with you as you grab his head. He's not able to necessarily unless you kind of lean. I over. will lean. I will lean over so he can see my, my eyes. Uh, he he. Which will probably he's, put my bosom up against his. He's, he's <laughs> yes. He's still he's hurt. still very frightened, but he's no longer shaking. Uh, so just to kind of clean up some skill stuff here, doctor, make sure you check the box versus medicine, yes. and then Stasi, make sure you check your yes. charm box because you've had a successful roll. Yes. Best things to keep up on. Okay, so you have the scene, players. There you go, much better. <sighs> wonderful, wonderful. Now, now that we are nice and calm, we are all going to talk like grown-ups, adults. Very I'll, good, yeah? I'll move around to the opposite side so he, he, the orderly can still see me mm-hmm. from the side, but on the opposite side of where the doctor's standing. You can tell, Doctor, you mm-hmm. can tell that his eyes track a bit with where Stasi goes. Okay. Mostly because, he, from your psychology, he's mm-hmm. probably using her as a, Anchor. a, a an anchoring point. Yeah. And I, I realize that, mm-hmm. so I'm going to use that to their advantage. And I'll loom over the doctor's <coughs> shoulder. Because yeah. you're, you're looming over the doctor's shoulder. Yeah. Now, here is what has happened. The best of my ability to recollect, my friend. We were visiting someone in a hospital. And unfortunately, while we were talking to someone, Group of men with swords attacked us and almost killed a friend of mine. Now, I am a doctor. I very calmly pat his shoulder. I am a doctor, and therefore, a long time ago, I took an oath never to take a life or to do harm. My friend, Mr. Doyle, on the other hand, has never taken an oath like that in his life. And in fact, if I'm not mistaken, half of his job is making people hurt. That cracked my knuckles. <laughs> roll so. intimidate. Yeah, if you'd like to roll intimidate, I mean... I think he's pretty scared at this point, so it wouldn't take much. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's 
well below. Okay. Now, I tell you this not as a threat, but as an opportunity. I give you your key to freedom. You see, all you have to do is tell us everything you know. It's nice to unburden yourself of heavy things, don't you think? So, here's what I'm going to need from you. I am going to need information from you, which means that I'm going to need to be able to speak with you. So, if you allow me <coughs> to unburden your mouth, I will allow you to unburden yourself of all of the things that you have done. If you disagree, I unfortunately will most likely have Mr. Doyle unburden us all of our problem. <laughs> Doctor, may I do the honors? Perhaps he would feel a bit more comfortable? Absolutely. I just wanted to make sure he knows the conditions. I pat him on the face a little bit and then leave the room. Okay. If Mr. you agree, Mr. Gordon, hold up, hold up two fingers. He tries to feebly hold up two fingers. Okay. And I lean, I kind of come around mm -hmm. and lean over him. <laughs> Way over. <laughs> I am not un unaware of what I have. <laughs> I'm going to remove this now. If you try to do anything, I can move very quickly out of the way. Understand? He nods. Now be a good boy. Night. Undo the the strap. Yeah. And grab the strap and the because I'm assuming the fabric that's in his mouth is probably kind of hanging out of yeah. the around. So I'll take both. Here we go. And I pull it back slowly. He coughs. There. That wasn't so hard. I move back. Doctor. Oh no, I'm not in the room anymore. Oh. Hippocratic Oath, I literally cannot stand here while you guys do whatever you're gonna do. So, okay. plausible deniability, I leave the room. Okay. <laughs> I stand back. <laughs> Mr. Doyle, did you have some questions? So, we know all about your little cult you've got going. I stand back. And then I go sit in the chair with my coffee. Apparently, you've got uh, people watching Ms. Hol Mrs. Holden. Is that correct? He nods. How many people are there watching Mrs. Holden? How many people are in, of your people are in that hospital? Six. Well, three, but... His eyes narrow. Well, I mean, you're here. And your two friends are dead. He does seem to react to hearing that um, his compatriots may have may have fallen. Obviously, uh, is Mr. Swift the one who was placed in there? 
Yeah, psychology. Yes. Roll it. Roll that too. We'll be good. <coughs> Where's my psychology? Okay. Yeah. He smirks a bit. His body language tells you that he doesn't think very highly of Jonathan Swift. No, so not Mr. Swift. Somebody else. Somebody higher. Swift's just another puppet, just like you. Everyone's a puppet. Some of us just know it. He sounds a little hoarse. So, you have a name for this uh, puppet master? his way into your ears at night. He already holds this city in his grasp. And not a single one of you puppets know it. That sounds ominous. Does he live in that little mud hole you've got out in the stockyards? Roll psychology. Yes. Yes. Actually, I got a partner. Uh, um, he bristles at the words stockyard. He, um... He doesn't like you referring to it. I think, I think you know too much already. <laughs> you know too much already. But that's okay. The dread in the dark will sort it all out eventually. You know that uh, we put all this together already in two days. It's not even that hard once you know where to look. We will find out the rest of it. I hope you do. Then why don't you help? We'll just move this on a little faster and then we can see, um, we get to meet 
uh, what's his name, Sooner. What's his Every man's descent into darkness should be done on its own. So, um, tell me about this gormless one. Same thing. Tell you about the, the the father of all of you, of me, of the insects in the air, the biting flies. Dear God, is he taking us to church? Could I could tell you, but it'd be easier to show you, Mr. Doyle. Yeah. Indeed. But I don't think he wants to see you first. That's not what I'm hearing. His. Eyes cloud over. The actual color of his irises could become completely milky white. I can hear you, Father. Hey, Doc. Which one would you like first, sweet Lily? She's so young and perfect. Perhaps you hear the bed start to shake you, and rattle. You called? Oh my! Perhaps, perhaps we'll bring Miss O'Shea with us. Yeah. Uh, what did you do? Nothing. <laughs> uh, hang on a second. Uh oh. So you're going to attempt to reply? I'm going. I'm going to attempt to replace oh the fabric, or at least the the, um, no. the leather. No. Why maybe, not? Maybe we'll hear something we can use. Have you ever thought that getting bitten by these guys might not be the best Step idea? Step back out. Uh -huh. Large vial of morphine. The one, the same one I used with Miss O'Shea just a little bit ago. Sure. Uh, heavy sedative and a syringe. Okay. Back into the room. All right. Go ahead. Filling up the syringe while I'm I'm just waiting for waiting for Doyle's cue here. This is your show. <laughs> he said not to, to so I stopped. You look back over your um, patient doctor, sure. yeah. and you see that his entire eyes have gone milky white. There is almost a now pearlescent quality to them. And now everybody in the room can make me a sand roll. I don't hey, know. I'm not there. Can I just not? I mean, I don't. <laughs> you can just not avail. I don't. I don't know. No, no. I just don't want to. <laughs> that, that, that won't be happening for me. Uh, I fail as well. No, it's not very good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I only failed by. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Good. it's fair. Fail, fail. Put some luck on it. Stasi. Can you spend under. luck you go, on it? You go. You cannot spend luck on Sandy. Poopy. Uh, you go, you want to be it's still under. under. Yes, it's just like I'm good. Okay. 
So the two of you gentlemen not um, happy. lose a point of sanity for me. Not enjoying this, can, but I'm uh, okay. Can I spend a Miss O'Shea on this? Because I'm not really her. looking. <laughs> uh, no, but speaking of Miss O'Shea, she actually comes around. Oh. Go back to sleep. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Um, what you come around to, Miss O'Shea, is a voice in your ear. Okay. And it says... Wake up, honey. It's time to go. Wake up. The voice is distinct. It's male. It's your father's voice. Right. It's telling you it's time to go. Wake up, wake up. The time has come. Uh, Those of you in the room still see the orderly. The the bed is now shaking. This bed is now rattling on the tile floor back there. And uh, for those of you close enough, which is most of you, you can make me a spot hidden roll. Um, like, am I just blurry-eyed when I first wake up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. You are waking up from a pretty powerful sedative. Right. So, I got a heart. Yep, I also got a heart. Wonderful, look at all the heart going on. (laughs) A lot of heart. Not a clue. Not looking in the right place. She's distracted by all the heart. This is perfect, actually. (laughs) I'm distracted by all the heart. Okay, so the two people who failed their sanity rolls have made their spot rolls. This is awesome. Uh, So the two of you gentlemen who have made your spot rolls uh, are noticing that increasingly um, the veins in the orderly's neck are becoming much more pronounced and they are darkening further. I'm backing up that. anyway. He yeah. said to stop, so I stopped you do. trying to do, and I started okay. backing up. So, Doyle? Not yet. <laughs> Doyle? Come on. You know what? you want to tell me something. He looks he's like he's bursting. trying to say something. Come on. You hear him start to whisper something. Oh, shit. Alright, I get closer. Not right in front of his face. Needle right against the vein, like say the word. <laughs> he he's almost wheezing now. Um, it mean, looks as if the, the straps on his chest are beginning to impede his breathing. Uh, he takes a big breath in his and says the word Masa Sauga. And when he says that, he expels a green viscous fluid at you. Oh. Which is why I told you specifically I was not looking. <laughs> I'm getting my straight razor out of my bag that is on the chair. So, so uh, I'm While it does chair. not connect with you, uh, it does get all over the floor. It goes over a wall. And when it hits these, hits, hits these objects, there is a definite sizzle to this. And a acrid oh. air grows in the room. Doctor? Pharmacy roll. What is the nearest bottle of base that I have? Uh, I won't even make you roll for it. Okay. You know what's in your own kitchen? You've got sure. a bottle of milk. So, Excellent. And sodium bicarbonate, I would think, more than uh, likely. I grab both. Like four So steps. you've got yes. a needle in one hand. Oh, that goes on the fucking floor. <laughs> <laughs> All that on the damn floor. I just want to be sure. I uh, stick it into Doyle's leg as a place to hold it. Probably not a great idea. It's in the bone. 
Okay, so you are dropping yes. said needle, yes. and you are moving to find a base. Yes. And uh, Mr. Doyle, what are you doing? Uh, now? I'll be backing up because that's probably an excellent. That idea. is not cool. That's I, I will be nasty. trying to sit up. Yeah, you sit up. Uh, when you sit up. You're still in a bit of a haze, and you see you see a man walking out the door. You're in uh, you're at your house, and you're sitting up, and you're in an armchair, and your father's leaving, and he's got his briefcase in his hand, and he tells you that he'll be back as soon as he's back. He'll he'll ring you, not to worry, and then your vision flashes again. And you're in the operating room at Dr. Tottenbach's office, and suddenly all you want to do is vomit as the room pitches left and right before steadying. You back up, Mr. Doyle, and then obviously Stasi's probably far enough away to uh, keep herself from being spit on. Um, he does appear like he's his chest is is now has this deep kind of growl to it. He's uh, he seems to be gathering his 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 air as best he can. Doctor, you return with milk. All over the green in the room, I'm, I'm neutralizing as much of this ship as possible, or attempting to. Well, no one will cry over it, I suppose. No, well, I'm weeping already, but it's more of a fumes thing. Uh, <laughs> You're doing your best to tamp this down. Yeah. Uh, the orderly on the bed is shaking like mad still. And he is whispering in a growled tone that same word that Grace Holden used. Does he? Do you have enough, Mister Doyle? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, good. Handkerchief. You're, you're, you're dealing with it. I'll take care of this. That's wonderful. Handkerchief <laughs> over the face, straight razor in hand. I think I'm starting to itch. We think it's time for us to get out of here. Are you administering the medicine? Yeah. Okay. So. I'm not a doctor, so I'm just punching into his leg. <laughs> I'm going to say it's going to take at least a first aid roll to apply it. A big old goose egg of morphine in his leg muscle. <laughs> you got a 30% chance of base. You'll yeah, be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Five. It's extreme. Which yeah. is uh, yeah. for 30. 18. Yeah, actually. It's, because 25 yeah. is extreme yeah. is five. So uh, You apply the medicine. You apply the medicine very well. Of however much you put in it, which, if memory serves correctly, was quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, so he stops flopping pretty quickly. Uh, he kind of coughs up a bit of bile and, and greenish spit over his own mouth. Roll him over. So that doesn't seem uh, healthy. No. And you start smelling flesh burn. We have, we'd have to untie him first. The last time you smelled stuff like this, Mr. Doyle, you were in a trench. Oh, God. Oh, I'm going to be sick, I think. He hacks again, He's involuntarily. Uh, and this is now, literally what the doctor is doing. Yeah. You're just staring at it. Keep in mind that nobody can see oh, what you're sorry. Uh, the doctor is literally staring at the body with a very clinical, detached look on his face. I, I'm headed... I think I am headed out of the room. It's fair. But still kind of looking, but like back and forth with a handkerchief over my mouth and nose and my straight razor in my hand. So I see her exit 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'd have heard the noise back there, too. It's impossible to, to not hear the noise. I mean, at least some of it. Right, but... But yeah, she's exiting. If you if you start to come in, I will just come out and just like she looks shoot. a little no looks a little green. Yeah, oh. she's got a straight razor in her hand too, so I'm not going in. You know, she's sticking that hand out like at this me. Before, yeah, that morphine it's was like, a bit of mercy. Uh, at stay. this point, I believe you're don't, right, Mister Mister Doyle. Where did you see uh, where did you see that like this before? In the trenches. Ah, you see, Mister Doyle, I saw some right after the trenches. Mm. Oh, I'm going to try and happened? get up and find anybody. You get up. You, you're you struck by something in the observation. Actually, no, I don't. I can't watch them die. You are struck by the raised and reddened nature of your otherwise pretty white skin, given your Irish background. Right. Uh, there is a... It almost looks like a, a zipper on the front of your body. The, yeah. You can feel it. It it hurts, but it's a it's as if a a seamstress pressed you down on their table and connected your skin again. Well, I don't want to touch it. <laughs> you hear some commotion outside. Well, then I will go to the door. Prepare yourself, because obviously, not to belabor the point, but the doctor couldn't have sewn your skin back together if your clothes were on, at least your, your blouse oh, or shirt. Yeah. You'd have had to have, you'd have to put your clothes back on. Not, not have to, I mean, you can do what you want, but yeah. I'm assuming no. Maeve would. Yeah. Very oh. good. At least, yes. Well, I'm sure the shirt is probably ruined, but her jacket might be. Absolutely, your jacket would be more than enough to cover you. You move out of the operating room, and you see Stasi kind of pass you with a handkerchief over her nose. She also carries a a very acrid smell with her. It smells almost chemical. Does it smell like um, the liquid he showed me in the jar he had? Maybe just a titch. Okay. If it is, whatever is attached to her, the the fume that's attached to her right now, is far more potent than what was in the jar. Right. And for those of you in the room at this point, it's it's ground zero. Milk is milk, but it's not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I opened a window. He opened a window. Okay. Yeah. So as I come out and almost run into Mr. Forsyth... <laughs> I'm just going to stand by the OR door then. Just like stand there for a while. Like, is she, Are you looking into the back room? It, oh, well, I'm like looking okay. like forward, like around. I wouldn't notice her anyway. Yeah. D- don't, don't go, don't, don't. Oh. You don't want to go in there, Mr. Forsyth. I would highly suggest you stay out here. What happened? Uh, well... The orderly that you brought back with you, um, just as I tried to, oh god, uh, decided to try and melt down the room, I think. Unfortunately, with some sort, well, let's just say his 
green vomit everywhere decided to try and melt down the room. I think Mr. Doyle... I'm going in there because clearly she's disturbed. (laughs) (laughs) I would not suggest it. Farewell, you you join... um, Mr. Forsyth, you join uh, the doctor and Doyle already in progress. Yeah. I find coffee and pour a quick cup and literally take like one big swig and swish it around and spit it out like three (laughs) or four times. Just to try and get something out of... Lily Lily is calling and asking if you need any help. Uh, You're hearing her voice? It's way off right now. I'm kind of lost in the moment. Is he dead Uh, yet? What the hell happened? He's on his way out. You're back there now. Uh, Mr. Forsythe, when you walk into the room, the orderly that was strapped to the bed appears there's a, a green line on the floor and there's this mess a bit on the wall and his skin appears as around his mouth as if it's now been eaten away by something um his eyes are, are completely rolled into the back of his head at this point um he's complete he's passed out without question um uh, but there is Definitely something something happened in this room. Something happened with him. It's fascinating, Mr. Doyle. You see the speed with which this acid is eating. I look at Doyle because he's there. obviously the most the most sane person in the room. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he's not talking about the wonder of this body in front of us and what the hell happened? Um Actually, that's the most sane person in the room just He went left. into some kind of fit. And then spit out this green muck that started sizzling like acid. You just hear spitting from the next room. (laughs) Water running in the sink as I try to wash off any possible whatever I can. Hey, anybody write down that word he said? It was the same word that uh, Grace Holden was saying at the mm, at Donning. Yes, okay. absolutely. Uh, I took an effort to memorize it when we were at Donning. So you did. I pl- the only word I say while watching him die. Oh really? What's that? Oh really? I correct him. Ah. Okay. <laughs> he starts to say it, and you're like, "It's massive log." No, the name is. <laughs> The word. Uh, the word is masasauga. The word he said was masasauga. That's it. I'm not in there, otherwise I would say I would look it up. Is he dead? Uh, are you checking his vitals? I uh, is one side of his neck not covered in acid? Yep. Okay, I check that side. Uh, he is 100% dead. Okay. Dead, dead. Stand up. He is. He has expired. <coughs> well, we have to get rid of a body. So, did we figure out why Holden killed the two men in the club? Did he know? <laughs> no, but we do know that Swift isn't the master mind behind this. He is a lower level. Uh, I don't know what you would call it. <laughs> Minion! Mr. Doyle, Mr. Doyle, 
Perhaps we should use acid. <laughs> I think that took more than a point of sanity. <laughs> oh, it's he chipped away slowly. Oh, okay. He had one left. <laughs> now there's all kinds of places we could dump a body. <sighs> think twice about it. Okay. Come out wiping a bit of a tear out of his eye. <laughs> Ooh, I do like a good one. Ah, so. Minion, I do believe, is the oh, word you're looking for, Mr. So Royal, well, as I come back in. I guess I'm, I'm yes. an honorable minion. I'm glad to see that you are. And still she held, has held probably the bodies. edges of her. What happened? You smell like a bit of water. I do my best. Trying to not shower yet, but of course, yes, I, I do not smell great. Oh, you are, you are referring to the smell from the background. Yeah. Uh, well, do you remember the individual that you met at Dunning? You only met very briefly a gentleman with a large metal object. Oh. Yes. That was him. Oh. Close the door to the back office. You don't want to go out there. Oh. Should probably wait till the night. Oh, he did have some mark on him. Mm. Oh. I saw that. And there was a name. Uh... Hang on, that is the name that uh, started with M. Mr. Doyle, what was the word again? <laughs> Massasagli? No, that's not. It's close, though. Um, the word is Massasauga. I'm getting closer. <laughs> um, I can look in my books and see if it means anything. He began to say it. Um, Grace Holden was also saying it. But he began to yeah, say it right before he expelled the um, smell. Oh. It also came with other unfortunate things. Really, don't go into that room. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, yeah. I say, I've never seen anything like that before in my life. Can I sit down with my books and see if I, I have seen... Projectile vomiting. See anything? But not. Um, my books are always with me. I've Satchel. seen men die in some of the most horrible fashion. Because there's only like two of them. And I have never my seen anything books. quite like that. Yes. Mustard if you gas. Would, mustard gas. Chlorine gas. <laughs> if you would like to do some research, sure. I guess the question is, what skill are you attempting to utilize? My guess uh, is that was not natural, doctor. <laughs> I would think probably is there. There isn't really a research one. Uh, Research would fall under library use, but you have to be at a library to do it. Oh, okay. Well, at least we do have confirmation that he was part of it. The cult? The scarification. There's some books in it. At least we are on the right path. (laughs) Unfortunately, this is not something that the occult, with with the name you have, that. The cult wouldn't work right now. Yeah, because I don't know where the name comes from. Correct. Right. Well, I am horribly sober. Well, well I guess I'll just drink wait until that? I get home to my library. I always need a drink, yes. Good. I take out the flask out of my purse. I open it up. Two big swigs. Actually, uh, I 
pour a little in my coffee. <laughs> I Irish my coffee a little bit and get a couple else? of aspirin. <laughs> That's the, uh, the third day in a row you've Irished up your yeah. coffee. I'm just, not that I'm keeping track. No, of no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> there's a whole lot of Irish in there. Another, another swig or two of, of in the, out of the flask, a grimace of the face, and put it back in the purse. I think I'll need the rest of it for later. But Lily kind of approaches you while you're with the rest of them and says, Doctor, is there anything I can do? Don't go in the back room, Lily. That would be a good start. She speaks truth. Do not go into the back room. Yes, Doctor. Actually, there is something you can do. <laughs> I go over into my office and mm-hmm. I write her a check for $75. Okay. Out of my bank account. Ooh. Knowing exactly how much that is. <laughs> and I give it, sign it and give it to her. You have more than earned this. Oh, this Every dollar. Is... No. This is too much money. No, no, no. Because I want you to take the next two days off. Go, have some fun. Go, perhaps, I don't know, um, perhaps to Madison. It's very nice this time of year. In the spring. Well, no, not fall. March. What time of year is this? March. 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 It's still March. South. South. Uh, it just feels like a whole year's Take a year quick, take a, I uh, hear Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. You could probably get a no, nice St. train Lewis. ticket from Union Station. St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis. St. Louis would be a wonderful vacation this time of year, Lily. And it is not that I don't want you here, because I always want you here, but you have more than earned it. And the last few days, if anything, have proven to be a bit chaotic, and I perhaps think you would be safer somewhere far away for a couple of days until we are sure. If you insist. I do insist. Now go. She takes the check. Get up. He gathers her coat and. Uh, Congratulations, you bribed the witness. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. So Lily leaves. You are left with a foul smelling office, one which has slightly dimmed with her presence oh. now gone. We have several, several, you know, investigators around you who are maybe a bit green in the gills from what they've just seen, and uh, a patient wandering around who's uh, now feeling a little bit better, evidently. I'm glad to see you all up and around, my dear. <laughs> How are you feeling? Tired. I imagine you lost quite a bit of blood. You should have some water. Sit and relax for a while. Perhaps if I can eat it. I should try and get home too and look up the name. The name? Oh, right. Uh, name. I'm assuming it's a name. It sounds like a name. But the way people have been saying it. My dear, I will have to I will have to concede the fact that I am something out of my element here. I am used to blood and bone making sense, chemicals make sense. This a bit upon my field of expertise. Uh, I do not know of disease that makes people's eyes glow, regardless of how glow. it sits in. Or I have heard of a disease which causes an excess amount of bile, but that was ridiculous. How do the eyes glow? Glow? Did they glow? Uh, opalescent? Opal what? Yeah. 
shiny. Yeah, I think shiny is. Uh... <laughs> well, if I'm gonna look this up to go with the, because remember how I told you about the pit, and lo and behold, there's a pit. <clears throat> I think I'm on to something. By the way, if I can look it up. Mr. Doyle, we are going to need to figure out what we are going to be doing with this side of unfortunate beef we have in my inventory room currently. Yeah, we're, we've been talking about that. I know the pit. Yeah. I'm not. We're not hauling this all the way out to the stockyards and dumping it in that pit. Fair enough. They have sausage. Well, here's the other thing. If it's like that, um, <laughs> that group but I that was telling you about, if it's. <laughs> Anything like that group I was telling you about, you don't want to drop something in the pit and have it be misconstrued as a sacrifice. Ah, well, I mean, he's already dead. Because we don't know who or what we're dealing with. Good point. Good point. She makes sense. She does. And again, I'm out of my element here. I don't want to sacrifice it. That came from a book, right? Yeah. Yeah, it came from Jackson and Elias. I mean, we could just, you know dump the body somewhere. That's true. I mean, it's nothing like they're going to be able to tie it to us. I mean, although we did have a police officer here in the office a little bit ago. Right. Well, they're talking about... And what was the book's name again? Uh, the shooting of the kids. Oh, uh, so it's nothing to do with no. I don't think I got the name of that book, but you did tell me about... Perhaps a sword? Uh, other books by him and with a uh, master of the black arts so I need which I think I picked up from Alan yeah I did I got it from Alan because it's where it says here from one of my fellow members of the order we obviously don't have to go back to have it to go back to listen to but had you informed them at all about where you got the information from? Nope. Just hold my head books. Okay, got it. Bring me a sheet. I can accommodate. I go get a sheet from one of the linen <clears throat> closet and bring it back for him. Wrapped him. Back in Mr. Forsyth's car. Mr. Forsyth, <laughs> are you still with us? <coughs> Wait, what? Well, I mean, we've got to move it. We can't exactly put it in a taxi. No. Perhaps we should do this in the evening. Yeah, we'll do it at night. Sure, not now, of course. Okay, so if you're going to wait until the evening to do that, I guess the question is, I have a good idea as to what you are doing. You are going back to the house. Right, I'm going to call Jimmy up. And then go back to the house, yep. Okay. So. And try not to have any flashbacks when I sit down in the chair to do research about seeing my father again. Right. We'll simply redline that and we'll say that Miss O'Shea goes back to the house. We'll deal with that scene in a moment. With the rest of you, what are you planning to do with the balance of the day? It is uh, just past 12.30. I will go back to my office. <clears throat> Okay. Yeah. Check on anything. I'd probably uh, call my uh, contact for the case I'm working on and give an update. Mm-hmm. Get them up, track her down, which was a couple weeks ago. So 
still <laughs> making progress. Okay. And then, uh, <coughs> Mr. Forsyth, with your car, uh, what are you planning on doing with your day? I honestly had no plans because um, I don't have any work. Um, I don't really have anywhere else to go or anything else to do. Um, at the moment. At the moment. I'm a bit irritated right now because nobody could find out why Holden shot Trainer and Willis. I've got a pretty good idea why. Oh, right, we, but, we haven't talked but about. But we it. kind of, but we kind of need corroborating evidence so that I can get my life back in order. That's true. Um, and, and to be fair, you you haven't asked, so nobody has mentioned it. We know why it happened, but you don't. Yeah. We were kind of busy uh, interrogating a dead body. Now dead body. I mean, he wasn't dead when you were interrogating him, no. was he? No. That I mean, would be really weird. That'd be magic. <laughs> So you're standing there frustrated. Yeah, I'm just... I'm at a loss right now because every time I turn around, something goofy is happening. Something strange is happening. And there are dead bodies piling up. Um, I will probably end up having to speak to the police again about a visit to a mental ward. Um... I'll assume I get identified by somebody there. You're not sure. It, this is all going wrong, and I don't know what to do about it because I don't understand what's going on here. So maybe somebody could fill me in. Well, I mean, Mr. Doyle's left, but uh, the doctor here probably could sense, if not hear, your frustration. Yes. So if he'd like to fill you in on uh, rubber gloves, <laughs> running a mop bucket. You're mopping? Okay, doctor, you're mopping. I am mopping. I have to. This place is horrible. There's not any patients in this. <laughs> the mop is dissolving. <laughs> Are you mopping up the back room? Starting with the back room, yes. Yeah. So it, it does mop up after soap and water and milk and everything else has been put on there. Um, it's not the most pleasant thing to mop up, but it, it does. Whilst I am mopping, if Mr. Forsyth asks me what has what the frick is going on? Well, yes. kinda, it kind of sounds like that's what he's done. Okay. Yes. Uh, then I will relate to him the little bits that my character knows. Um, and relate to him. Uh, what is he? Again, uh, well, what I know, um, I don't know a lot about the shooting at the kiss. That is unfortunately not my area of expertise. Um, I could tell you more about that. I imagine she could. Um, my area of expertise is these individuals who all seem to be tied to the crescent-shaped marks on 
the bodies of the girls that we found. It does tie, it seems to tie in into the shootings. Um, uh, How? Well, it seems like uh, a young Mr. Sammy, I believe was his name? Yeah, Holden. Holden's boy. Holden, yes. Uh, well, no, he's not here. Holden's boy. Um, killed the two men as a revenge, I believe. And uh, we've you know, talked to Grace Holden, and she was, and she was insane. Um, and then, of course, and then what really our, as you saw, our interview with her was quite, quite short. But it seems as though the part of the show. Actually, no, I wasn't there, Doctor. What happened? <laughs> well, that was quite interesting. We were talking to Mrs. Holden, <clears throat> and she was giving us some information. Oh, excuse me. Uh, she was giving us some information, and then she had some sort of fit, or perhaps, I, I don't know, psychologist breakdown. Um, she began seeing the bird that I said earlier. Massasauga. Yeah, uh, that word. Uh, and she, then we were attacked. I, unfortunately, I quite, un I should have noticed it was happening. It was the middle of the day, they began closing the curtains in retrospect. I feel like a moron, but, but, that's neither here nor there, Mr. Forsyth. So, what we did, after the attack, or during the attack, when Miss O'Shea was wounded, as brutally as she was, uh, I incapacitated the one man, between Mr. me and Mr. Doyle, and that, well, the rest of it was putting him in the car, getting him here, and then he said words, and then he exploded goo all over my floor, and now I'm mopping. Doctor? Yes? The marks. Yes? The crescent-shaped marks. Mm. Two dual crescent-shaped marks. On the orderly, yeah. and we can probably assume that the rest of the orderlies that attacked all of you had them as well. I'm quite certain, but not all of the orderlies in the hospital. Going back, if I think about it, almost everybody that we've seen who had the marks just had the crescents, correct? Yeah. Except, going back, except for Mr. Trainer and Mr. Willis who not only had the crescents, but they had the three lines down the center as if they were marked. Especially in some fashion. Or possibly targeted. If the marks have something to do with being part of this cult that Ms. O'Shea had talked about, those three lines could have basically been the reason they were shot. If they were being what is the word? Uh, people don't normally allow other people to tattoo a target on their bodies. But think about this. I already told people don't but ordinarily explode into groups. That's true too. I don't know if you remember, but I told you that I thought that maybe that had to do with a sacrifice. They were mocked specifically for death. Miss O'Shea, actually, you know what? I was in a pretty big stink there, so I will be more than willing to give myself an intellectual. To see if I remember, to see if I remember, even remember Miss O'Shea saying that the marks may have been the, a separate sacrificial no, mark. No, okay. I can see you remember it. Okay. Because I'm yes. going home. I just yeah. um, that is why they were killed. The two that were shot, I was there at the kiss when it happened. They were specifically targeted. That there were collateral so, damage did not seem to matter to anybody else. But when Samuel 
shot the two of them. He was specifically shooting at those two to make sure that they died. Well, yes, that's why you shoot people. But my point is, was he doing it for the cult, or was he doing it in revenge against the cult? Well, whatever it is, at least we know those two specifically were targeted to, to die. So, if I guess in keeping an eye on those marks, we would know more. And not just that they might have been higher level members of the cult. Probably not. It seems yeah. oh. if they were higher levels, then why were they killed? Oh, and by the way, Miss Holden only had one mark. One crescent moon. She only had one crescent, not two. So maybe well, that we saw. That we saw. Maybe the second close. crescent comes from a completion, a progress. You start, you're marked. You go through whatever you have to go through, an initiation. And at the end, when you're brought fully in, you get the second. When you are excluded from the group, and basically if anyone leaves the cult, that's death is, seems to be the only way, you're scratched out, or somehow your center is marked otherwise. So there is a progression. There is actually a pattern to the marks now. Absolutely. But that at least gives a why those two are dead. We may not know all the details, but at least it gives some idea. Uh, forgive me, madam. The, once again, we come to we come to the question of, of how would you voluntarily mark yourself as a target? They may not have been voluntary. Or if it could have been a sacrifice of, uh, what is it? Um, the Japanese, ancient Japanese tradition. Uh, dishonor requires a sacrifice. And you are required to sacrifice yourself. What is it? I believe the word you're looking for is seppuku. Thank you. It is, it is, they do have some of this. It's, it's known. My uh, roommate is an archaeologist. So I have overheard her talking about some of this. It's, it seems to be fairly standard that in most ancient cultures, they have some kind of procedure or, or ceremony for this sort of thing. <coughs> so, so well, one thing is, is for sure, um, Mr. Forsyth, you have one enough knowledge to know this. During your travels in the South, yeah, you know, you encountered people who were <clears throat> who fell on the, the wrong side of other people. I mean, let's face it, when right. you build a, a canal like that, you're going to have a, right. You have disagreements, right? Rival companies, rival well, even rivals. Right, or just workers. or just guys from the same town who fight with each other over women or money or Sammy shot Peter Willis in the back of the head. Yeah. That's an execution. Execution. Sammy Holden shot Terrence Trainer four times in the chest. Up close and personal. Yes. But we need to either find Sammy Holden 
but we really need to find Sammy Holden. But as far as I know, just 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 myself looking at this, Holden's father is dead or disappeared. It's at least disappeared. His wife is crazy. Holden's Sammy's father wrote a letter claiming that Swift did something to his mother. These men worked for Swift. This looks like revenge instead of... This looks like reprisal. This, this doesn't look like sacrifice. This looks like reprisal. So targeted. Yes, he targeted them because they're involved with whatever drove his mother crazy, caused his father to disappear. Where is, we have to find Sam. That is, that is something we can all agree on. Um, Mr. Doyle, did you tell, yeah, you would know that Mr. Doyle went to the Holden house, mm -hmm. but he went alone. He just told me that he found, what I heard was is that the, the place had been not quite ransacked, but was in an extreme state of disorder. No one was there. Yep. That's true. And it didn't look like anyone had been there for a while. Yep. So he's not at his house. Or he wasn't. Or he wasn't. At the time. Where would he have gone? Well, they did ask. They did ask Grace Holden where he would have gone, and she said that Sammy would have gone home. That's what she said uh, about two hours ago. But I didn't hear that because I wasn't in the room. No, you didn't. You did not. That's very true. And Doyle's gone. That's correct. And the doctor didn't tell me. He did not. That's very true. I did take it where I'm going. Where were you going? Back to my office. I'm going back to his office. <coughs> very good. Very good. Um, did, did, so. Has anyone checked out that other address that we found? The one from Michigan Avenue? Uh, the Swift or? address? No. I am, however, going to look into that. And the recording so. studio in Cleveland. But yes, the Michigan Avenue address. That is another need. Perhaps you should go check it out. No. <laughs> Not alone. Maybe I don't go, think. We yeah, don't go, go to Cleveland, Cleveland anymore. anymore. <laughs> no, no, we don't want to disparage Cleveland on the podcast. No. Okay, there so more Cleveland listeners. All right, let, let, <laughs> let me um, let me parse this a little bit. Miss um, O'Shea, you arrived back at your house. You are going to consult your library of books, although it is not a public library, you have a fairly substantial investment in the library. So if you'd like to make a library use roll, you may do so. Back to good old-fashioned Cthulhu Investigations. Uh, a one. Okay. <laughs> so you'll want to check the box by library. Yes. yes. How did I not see this book before? Huh. Oh, it's like, it's, all it's about like a, <laughs> Yeah, it's got like gold beams coming. Ooh. 
Masaga and how to summon <laughs> Actually, then you need to know about the What you grab or what you find eventually, it the the search does not is not a short one. Right. You comb through tome after tome of you know as far as we're concerned in the game, relatively mundane occult information. Well, and I imagine, like, I have books open on the desk, books open on the end tables, books yes. open on the floor. And keep in mind, too, many of these books are, are history books. Right. So you're going through book after book after book, and it's probably a good hour. Which I do have history, by the way, too. Before you stumble upon a book on natural history. Okay. And the natural history itself from what it shows is you see a record of a European explorer. That European explorer his name is Constantine Samuel Schmaltz. So he was born in Constantinople. And it appears you have a book or some sort of copy of a book that he worked on here in America. It looks like the reference material is dated 1818. Okay. Uh, and that reference material is of a rattlesnake. Okay. Cistrusus catenatus. Okay. The Massasauga rattlesnake. Okay. It is in the pit viper family. Where is it mostly found? Well, from his mapping, it appears to be mostly uh, in and around the Great Lakes, and then it sweeps west, southwestward towards parts of Texas and in near uh, parts of Omaha, Nebraska. So. Okay. But he does mention it here in the uh, early 1800s. Seems the author was quite the uh, prolific zoologist, botanist. Well, where did he come up with the name for that particular rattlesnake? It is very fortuitous that you might ask such a question. It seems your scholar, as it were, Constantine seems to have acquired the name from a Mesoamerican linguistic book. Okay. Does he name the book? He does not. Okay. Does he say what it means? All he says as far as the naming of the snake, Massasauga, is that it is a name that the Indians 
the Native Americans here in North America. He would call them the Americas, actually, given the time period. It is a word that they used. <clears throat> okay. So do I have any Native, like Native American, like any lore or anything here that I can cross-reference for that name? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's tons of different potential myths and stories and collections of, of uh, rumors from the Native American tribesmen that spread across the United States. Um, there are multiple references to reptiles and snakes and all sorts of stuff. Well, I'm looking specifically for that name well, or something similar to that name. Or... The, the word does come up in, in a couple of different um, uh, dialects. So you do see the name referenced. Um, there is a story of one snake which reared up and instead of biting a young Indian man told him a story instead. Okay. And as the story goes, the, the snake told the boy if they would As the story goes, uh, the snake told the boy that if he would simply respect and revere the snakes, that the snakes wouldn't bite him. And so the boy did. And he grew in power and was able to speak with snakes and command them even. And was rumored to be immune to their poisonous venom. Okay. Of course, the story also tells you that, you know, none of this can be corroborated. No one knows it's true, but right. it is possible. Yeah, but I can draw my own conclusions from that, considering what we're dealing with, perhaps. Yeah. Well, absolutely. <clears throat> um, yeah, I guess that's... I would... Mm. Yep. All right, very good. Mr. Doyle, you return to your office, and you've got a couple of messages waiting for you. Looks like some people by. Well, people have been by recently. Uh, it appears that the pro bono lawyer that you spoke with that late, late night, mm -hmm. Carl Ramsey, uh, has paid you a visit. Yeah. He's left a forwarding <coughs> number. It seems he's stopped in... Um, at some point on Saturday uh, and the note says had to go stop reach me in New York stop it lists a number important information okay. uh, the other messages are from um, the landlord Reminding you that rent will be due soon. Dude, it's already the 11th. <laughs> Actually, it would be the 26th. Y'all bitching about the front rent. The front rent, be lucky to get the back rent. You ain't gonna get none of it. <laughs> 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 
to everybody funny. You funny no, too. You're funny too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite. Uh, it gets under your skin a little bit that he'd be concerned so much about this month's rent. I mean, after all, you've got at least another four days to pay it. Right. Sheesh. Uh, but the office is uh, reasonably in well repair. You don't see anything damaged or broken. Um, you know, take a seat in your chair and parse out some of the the notes you've got. Pour myself a drink, light up a smoke. Yep. Life is life is really strange. <laughs> First, I'll make that phone call to my. Uh, Client. <clears throat> okay. You call the client. They ask what the update is. Like, I've managed to track down her whereabouts as of two weeks ago. Mm. Um, I am looking into where she's been since then, but it's proceeding well. Mm. Good. I look forward to... I look forward to seeing it resolved quickly. And she, I informed them they, she has been uh, working under a uh, different name. Of course she has. That makes sense. Keep me informed, Mr. Dunn. Absolutely. Can't be too upset. It's only been the weekend. Right. Well, you know how people want their, they want their money spent and then they want their right. cases solved just like that. Right. Not the way this works. So then uh, I'll put some of my uh, notes together and try to work on this case a little bit. Okay. Oh, I will call the uh, lawyer. Okay. Mr. Carlton. It's Carlton. Um, Carlton Ramsey. Ramsey. Uh, you phone Mr. Ramsey. Uh, he picks up the phone. He, you hear a, a slight horn, maybe a, maybe a female singing voice in the background. It sounds like there's a phonograph record going on, perhaps. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, hi, hello. Uh, Mr. Ramsey? Uh, yes, who's this? Mr. Doyle. Doyle, Doyle. Chicago. Yes, yes. <laughs> Doyle, Doyle, how are you? All right. How are you? I hope everything's worked out well for you so far. Well, I'm not in jail yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you sound like one of my clients. <laughs> you sound like one of my clients. He's, uh... He is one of your clients. He's quite the troublemaker. <laughs> But yes, I uh, I received a uh, notice before leaving town that there was this quite the pressure coming on you folks from the uh, local police department. Yeah, yeah, I uh, actually got a visit from uh, the detective this morning. Hmm, that is unfortunate. We have that happen here in Harlem, you understand, all the time. Well, their, their visits are very unpleasant sometimes. They, uh, they prefer to needle a customer to death if they can, rather than just get the deed done. But uh, I was glad to be able to help you, of course. I wanted to leave a telegram my forward number in case you needed it again. I had the inclination that perhaps your case had the air of something a bit stranger. You could say that. I have been looking into it myself and I have uh, stumbled across uh, some very odd happenings. Now, 
my purview for most of my clients is strictly confidential, of course, but I will tell you, uh, given that you're a private investigator, that one of my clients does work in some very strange circles. Uh, he's an author, a t- t- world traveler at this point, and he's been working on many different books uh, over the years. And I thought it would be good to perhaps, uh, if necessary, put him in touch with you. Uh, his information might be useful. You know what? That would actually be a very uh, useful bit of uh, information from him, I think. Now, uh, which, which, which number could we bring there in Chicago for you? Uh, or, or what is the easiest way to, to get in touch with you? Uh, I'm actually working in conjunction with a couple other people on this, and I've spend, been spending my, a lot of my time at a, a different uh, address. Yes, of course. I'll give him the number. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, very good. Very good, very good. I am going to do my best to ring uh, Mr. Jackson, and he may be in touch with you. Right. right? That would yeah. be great. Uh, just do yourself a favor and um, try to try to keep uh, Mr. Jackson um, focused. Uh-huh. He... His, uh, his mind tends to wander. He's got so much going on upstairs, of course, right. with all the, the books he's likely writing. I did want to tell you that I think I have uh, located the name of the uh, gunman. Really? Yes. You hear some papers shuffling. Go ahead, give me the name, please. Uh, Samuel Holden. Samuel I believe he, Holden. What I've been covered seems that he is uh, blaming those men and some others for the death of his father and... So it's a revenge killing. Yes, the commitment of his mother to a mental institution. Have you been able to speak to Mr. Holden? No. Mr. Holden? Yeah. No, I have This, this, Sugar? No, I have not. Huh. Interesting. Um, I I haven't been able to locate him yet. I see. Okay, very, very good. You are looking for him, of course. Very good. Very good. Well, um... I do, I do wish you the best of luck, of course, and uh, should any uh, <clears throat> matters arise which you might need my legal assistance, while I will not be able to a- appear anytime soon as I am in New York, uh, I might be able to forward it on to a colleague there in the city. Oh, I appreciate that, because you never know. Oh, no. I could get into a gunfight or something. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I surely hope not. I surely hope not, sir. Very well. I will. Uh, I will have my uh, my client, Mr. Jackson, reach out to you at this number. Thank you very much. You're welcome. He hangs up the phone. Now I'll start working. All right. You begin working on your uh, case logs. So that side of the table, you three. Uh, what? What? Uh, what's the? What's the idea? After you mopped up, you're done. I'm assuming you're. And if back with all your faculties now, what's what's uh, what's the plan? Uh, I think after we kind of finish our discussion, I have had enough of this acrid stench upon me. Shall we reconvene later over some something liquid that will help us through the rest of the day? I am going home. I need a bath, fresh clothes. Another stiff drink. 
<clears throat> and I will meet you all later. Sure. That sounds like a wonderful idea. I'd say lunch, but I am not really in the mood to eat at the moment. Anyways, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. Then let us reconvene. Say, uh, I don't know, a little bit later. I don't know. Call me. We will give you a call, my dear. Go rest some. Do you need a place to stay, doctor? No, I have some few. I have a, one or two things here I want to finish. Uh, I will. I occasionally sleep in my office. It will not be the first time. Before she, earlier, Lily gave me one of a pill medicine for my terrible headache. Mm. Do you happen to have any more of those? Mm, can you describe the pill? Uh, about yay big, round, white. Ah, yes. <laughs> Give her one more of them. Wow, Lily gave you one of those. Mm. Horse tranquilizer. I was trying to kill you. <laughs> 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 I'm joking, here you go. Just joke. give me the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you two, but I'm going to keep the bottle. <laughs> going to put that back. Thank you, Doctor. Put a knock on it. <laughs> I shall await your call, sort of. <laughs> I'll be the same, idea. Go get some rest. Thank you. No. Uh, Doctor, Mr. Forsyth. I'm going to go talk to Doyle. Um, okay. So, I leave. Taxi. Yep, you're good. Thank you. You go talk to Doyle, his yes. office is not terribly far from the doctor's office, so right. by about the time you're done stretching out your notes and covering your phone calls, Mr. Doyle, you have a Mr. Forsyth on your doorstep. Yeah, Mr. Forsyth. Come in. Doyle, I, the, the more that this goes on, the less I understand. I would probably take a nap. Well, you're not the only one. Yeah. You're the detective. How do we find Sammy Holman? Um, well, at this point, the trail we were following has gone cold, so I want to start looking maybe a little farther in the background. Mrs. Holden had said something about he would have gone home. Maybe there's another home. Maybe there's something else. Maybe she's referring to something else other than the home because I've been there. Nobody's been there for a while. Hmm. Wait a minute. I mean, I can swing by again and check it out, see if he's. Wait a minute. Didn't they come here not too long ago? No, they've been here a while. Have they? Yeah. They from said it, they would have been you know. in the street. Right. From the every... letter said that. They yes. would have been in the street. From everything you know, the Holden family has been in Chicago for as long as... Well, actually, you strike that. You don't really know how long. But, right. But I believe he had been working there for several years. Yes. So that factoid you are aware of, and that is that Stanley Holden had been working at the Union Stockyards for at least three to four years. Long enough to have a relationship with Bob Creedy who has left on a train for Cleveland. But I can also... Hmm. But that, that's my next step, is to uh, 
look and see what else we can, if there's another place that he may have been calling home or... Find an address that he lived at before this. Right. How, how does one find an address? Mm, that's difficult. Right. You could inquire with the post office. You could inquire with... I mean, you could search the house for clues of some past address that they've lived at. Maybe a, a photograph or maybe... There is another possibility. Sammy Holden's drug on re this revenge killing is we try to kill people, as far as we know, try to kill people that he blamed for the death of his father and the commitment of his mother. There are, there's at least one other person I know he could be blaming for it. And I happen to know where he as individual is staying right now. Who and what? Mr. Swift. He's he, overseas. He's no, in, he's not. He's not? He's not. He's staying in an apartment in, uh, Michigan Avenue. A point of order, to be fair, you were told what you're remembering, Lonnie, is that he, you were told he was on vacation. Yeah, he was on vacation to South America. Yeah, he was no, gone. No, no. We assumed that he might be on vacation in South America. No, no, we were told. Well, we were told Haskell that. told you at the yeah. yards. Tom yes. Haskell told you. He was on vacation. He made a, he made a point well, of we, telling on, him. On vacation? But yeah. I don't believe he said South America. I thought that was uh, something we had kind of... No, no, no. It's, it's, it's possible made, a, made a jump. We'll just say that... We'll say, for lack of... For, for sake of continuity here, because it's not on tape. We'll say that Haskell told you that he was on vacation. He was out of the state. That is what you've been told. But he's really over in a place on Michigan Avenue? That is, Creedy had made a suggestion that he has got a place over there, and that's where he's been pulled up. Then why don't we go there and ask him? Well, that's one thing I was also planning on doing. If I want to do it, I probably want to do it today. I'll do it. Well, I think at least a couple of us should go. Especially if Sammy Holden might show up. Fair enough, I guess. Okay, so doctor, um, after tidying up, are you just relaxing then, resting a little bit? Everyone's gone. Yeah. Go into the back room. Yeah. Close the door. Uh, pull all of the shades down in the office. There and make are sure already, the front door is locked. Front door is already locked. The sign still says closed. Go into the back. Go into the back room. Open my medical bag. My friend, you have more secrets to give me. Okay. Um, and then I'll just close the door and get nasty. A little bit of section for your afternoon? A little bit of section for my afternoon. medicine, please. Yes, we will be doing an autopsy on the... Is this body also going to Cleveland in several parts? No. The Cleveland torso murder? No. <laughs> y incision, but we still keep it with the sheet and everything. Yeah, 50 under 75. Okay. You begin your vivisection. Mm -hmm. um, his. You notice something very quickly as you begin making your Y incisions and going down and, you know, getting the rest of your mm -hmm. tools out to really figure out what's going on in this mm -hmm. tube. 
It looks like some of his organs have been altered. Hmm. He has organs that he should not have, and he is missing organs he should have. Taking pictures. Take the camera out. Take the camera out. Flash powder. No, no, no. 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 (laughs) Whoosh. At least one when I Y incision. Sure. Um, And then I begin literally vivisection. I weigh them and and examine them and sketch them in some cases. Really what the telling part is, is that this man is missing a liver. He is missing his left kidney. He has uh, no gallbladder. Are they growth removal or are they surgically removal? No, no, no. Just like as in they were never there? No, no, no. Okay. They, well, you don't know if they were there or not. What you do know is mm. there's a much larger organ that has taken the place of those things. Okay. It might be possible that those organs grew into this organ. All kind of glommed into one. Uh-huh. Okay, that's horrifying. And it appears that this organ now has these small kind of finger, thin finger length nodules that point out of it. And they seem to connect to other portions of his internal organs. Hmm. His stomach, his esophagus. All part of the uh, eating, digestion... Seems that way, yeah. Okay. You can see that there's some sort of blackness. And it pricks a memory in your mind of a piece of vellum that Miss O'Shea had showed you. It reminds you of that... A horrifying picture. Do I have a phonograph? Uh, not in the office. Okay. That's a lot to ask me, friend. I begin to hum. <laughs> <laughs> it's shaky at first, but you... A lullaby, perhaps, sir. Um, are you vivisectioning this organ? Yes. Uh, from a... I, I step up my... Yeah. I go from normal gloves to, like, the thick, like, gloves yeah. and, yeah. The Dr. Frankenstein gloves? Yeah. 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 Uh, when you take this organ out, it, it weighs a good pound or two. And it's not the weight so much that concerns you. It's the slosh. Liquid fill? Uh, there is some sort of wretched fluid in this. Mm. Like you've smelled I suspect you have smelled stomach bile before, my friend. Uh, and you have smelled the what is probably com- what probably comes out of this. Yeah. But when you kind of carefully clip the nodules to to disconnect it from the other organs, uh, there's an audible release of air. Oh. <laughs> kind of a simple blow that happens with each one and this is rancid beyond belief I step out the side door and stand in the alleyway for a few minutes <laughs> do you ever 
You ever smelled something that's so horrible it feels like you get something stuck into the back of your throat? Oh. <laughs> oh, yes. That is the feeling you have right now, Doctor. It's as if you couldn't cough or hack enough to get it out. I opt to... I, I volunteer to throw up in the alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> the, it, it comes very, very easily. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot of effort. You heave. Uh, you almost feel better mm. for a few moments. You get a little sickly feeling afterwards, a little bit of a swim to the eyes afterwards, but but uh, you, you head back in uh, wishing that this smelled like Anything but what it Anything does. Anything but what it does. Yeah. I mean, you, mm. dealt, you dealt with the after effects of mustard gas. Yes, and this is worse. <laughs> yeah. Arguably, yes. <laughs> Arguably, yes. It, just a question. After, during the time period, would they have had something like zinc or something? I've been that... using Vicks Vaporub on my face, of which I put a small amount on, but I mean, it's not... Uh, no, it's, no, no. And you probably own stock in Vicks now. Yeah, I'm, I'm like... So much. <laughs> okay. I just but couldn't remember so... from the time oh, yeah, period super just, if they would have had something. Yeah, and he has a mask available to him, obviously. He has, you know, a special, you know, headgear probably if he wants to wear it, or he's probably just trying to, desperately trying to keep the stench yeah. off of him. Yeah. Uh, but you get up the organ. Out, Excellent. And when you weigh it, you get a fair amount of weight to it. And the flesh, it looks like, uh, is already it's already disintegrating it's under decomposing. It's decomposing the other. Okay. You, you get a picture of it. Yeah, I definitely get a picture of it. Yeah, as quickly as possible before there's any kind of decomposition. And now there is a big hole in this body where that organ used to be. Jam the organ right back in there. I don't need the organ. Nope. I just wanted to see it. Very good. <laughs> yes. A crude sewing job to close them back up. Wrap them back up in the sheet. Okay. Are Mr. Forsyth, Mr. Joy, you guys are going to the apartment? Yes. Okay. Very Michigan good. Avenue. Very good. You stop over to Michigan Avenue. On the way over, um, you get a reasonable idea that you know, just to kind of glance in the back seat and make sure there's. Oh, right. You glance in the back seat. And you do realize that there is a bit of your former passenger here in the back. Did you always have blood in the back seat? Wait. Her blood. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, listen, this isn't Tim Roth dying in the back of a vehicle. <laughs> right. This isn't. Why not? You weren't shot in the stomach. It's just going with a Marvin comment. Yeah. It's not Marvin in the back of the this is not. This is not the scenario from Pulp Fiction. No, sir. No, sir. No, no, sir. Shot she, was, she was slashed with a relatively thin to medium bladed weapon in the chest. Now, granted, it's going to bleed, and it did bleed, mm -hmm. but she was wearing clothes and a coat at the time. So a lot of that, a lot of her clothing soaked up that blood. That right. said, There's she got blood on her hands. The doctor was trying to first aid her. Right. It needs to be clean. Uh, yes. And you only notice this while you're on your way to drive down Michigan Avenue. Actually, Mr. Doyle is the one that notices this. Because he's hanging out in the seat next to you, just kind of casually glancing in the back, and you're like, oh, crap. 
Whoops. Um. Why don't you pull over here at this little uh, drugstore over here and I'll get some stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll do that. Hop in, grab some things. Yeah. What are you going to grab? Oh, some towels, maybe some cleaning. Probably a blanket. Sure. Towels, a couple of blankets, maybe. A blanket at least. Um, some cleaner if they have some. They do. Maybe some alcohol. I don't know. You could probably get uh, some sort of cleaning agent, yes. Right. Okay. I'll hop in the back while you drive. Take a couple of minutes and clean up the back seat. Okay. Uh, I won't make you roll for it, but it is a smart move mm -hmm. by you all. You arrive at Michigan Avenue, the Michigan Avenue apartment. Uh, it's in a pretty tall building, mm -hmm. all things considered. And it looks like, yeah, it looks like it's going to rain soon. Okay. Well, the weather doesn't really bother me all that much. I mean, it's going to be a cold rain, but... In March, yep. It will be inside. Well, it, it, realistically, it's not 20 degrees outside, which is pretty good for Chicago. In, in March. March. So what's the plan? We're going to go up to the... Uh... Yeah, we'll just go up. Okay. Uh, you head past the doorman. He nods, opens the door for you. Right this way, gentlemen. Thank you. You enter the building and then head on up? Yep. Now, obviously the buildings of the 1920s were not, you know, massive skyscrapers. Because they hadn't been built yet. No. But there are some taller buildings, and this is one of them. Yeah, it's like 10 stories. We'll say it's eight stories. Eight stories. You get off on the seventh floor. And when you get off on the seventh floor, you begin heading down the hallway. Yep. You know, it looks like by the number you're probably going to have to turn right. You turn right, uh, and then at the end of the hallway you see... One of the doors listed as the address. Mm -hmm. Go up to the door. Okay. Is it closed? It appears yes. Okay. I knock. You knock. You don't hear any uh, anyone from inside. You don't get any answer. Anybody in the hallway? Um, no, not other than you two. No. I check the uh, door handle. It is locked for sure. That's a good sign. And I'm going to pick the lock. <laughs> okay. Now, I've never done this before. <laughs> I've only done this every day. This <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Okay, I make it. Barely, but I make it. You spend a couple of minutes getting the picks set properly to push the tumblers aside to open the door. Up. Uh, Open the lock. This is excruciating for you, Mr. Forsyth. Oh, yes. Because you're literally watching him commit yet another crime. Because you can't just go around as a private investigator just picking people's apartment rooms. But 
He does he manage to pull. Or shouldn't. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? At this point, I'm being accused of murder. Obviously, I can't. <laughs> when I didn't even have a weapon at the at the crime site. Well, as That's the police said to you during the interview, it's quite possible you could have dumped the weapon. And I would love for them to prove that any weapon that they found there had my fingerprints on it. They don't do fingerprints. They don't do fingerprints. This is Chicago. The cops can prove anything. Uh That is true. You unlock the door. Open it up. Quietly. You accelerate the door handle to one side. And suddenly the door pushes open. Very slight creak. Oh, look, somebody left the door open. Uh, inside, the apartment is rather well appointed. There are beautiful woods. There's a far wall that seems to have a, a multiple checkerboard mirrors on it. It's very, very well appointed. Yes. Does, does it smell of rich mahogany? Um, yeah. It actually smells of that and a few other things. Some leather-bound tomes? Uh, no. No, there's no leather-bound tomes here. One mold. <laughs> there's no leather-bound tomes here. But you do smell something in the air. It almost smells like meat. Fetid meat, maybe? How many times do I get rock, work, walk into a room that has a dead body in it? All of them? <laughs> well, that depends. Do you make them and when you get in the room? Were they alive before you got it, it, there? It smells or? like death in here, doesn't it? Um, death is the wrong word. It smells like... It smells like the back end of a butcher store. We might be. We might have been too late. The apartment's not huge, so I mean, you can make your way through it relatively quickly. Yeah. Close the door behind us and lock it. Yeah. That's an excellent idea. Yep. Uh, Just moving through the apartment, uh, what you do see is uh, a main sitting room, a couple of chairs, a couch, a radio, phonograph. You find a, uh, you walk over what looks like a smashed record. You see a record's been smashed. Okay. I checked the label on it. Mm-hmm. Is it from Cleveland? Uh, it is. It's made from a pressing house in Cleveland. Yep. What's the name of the song? Uh, the name of the song is The Chicago uh, Shuffle. It's actually a song you've heard before. Uh, inside the next room, the adjoining room, which is the kitchen, you see that there is an ice box that's been left open. And inside the ice box, there's what looks like butchered meat. Looks like butchered meat. Mm. It sure does. We'll just pass that right by for now. I'm. I, I, I can't just pass by right now. <laughs> 
I'm passing right by okay. it right now. Okay, I, so I, you're doing what in the kitchen there, Mr. Doyle? I'm t- getting a closer inspection of it. Obviously, it's bad. I guess the question is, is how close are you going to inspect it? He's going to put his face right in it. <clears throat> It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> He's just gonna see. I'm trying to get close enough that I might be able to recognize maybe what kind of meat it is. Okay, you're gonna examine it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you you kind of. Uh, I mean, does it look like professionally butchered? Well, yes, it does. Actually, it does look like whoever prepared this meat was very good at it. So you kind of. Hunker down by the icebox, and you have to you have to turn a light on here in the kitchen because, of course, the icebox is is low to the ground because that's where they were kept. Right, um, and you do see that uh, the piece of meat there that's it almost looks like a big beef roast. Mm-hmm. Seems to have been prepared over a uh, rather relatively recently, and it looks like the icebox uh, has taken on some of the red pallor left over by the roast. It seems as if the uh, the wrapping, what wrapping was done of it at one point uh, has, has pulled away a little bit. God. You'd have to unwrap the roast completely to really get a great idea. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's why I'm moving on. Yeah, you keep moving on. <laughs> yeah, I'm moving on. Very good, I'll leave you there. Oh, Mr. Forsyth, where are you moving on to? The, the, the bedroom, I assume? Yes. You move past the bathroom. Yes. Um, so into the bedroom. Yep. Uh, you don't you don't see anybody. There's nobody in there. Right. Uh, you do see a couple of things. Do the rooms look tidy? Uh, for the most part, yes. Mm-hmm. For the most part, the maybe bed, maybe the, like lived in like there's some things out of place, but not. Yeah, it looks like there. You know some. Some things are a bit out of place. It looks like it's, it's definitely been lived in. Yeah. Uh, the apartment bedroom is opulent. If if the main room and the kitchen and, and sitting room were any sort of telegraph, this bedroom is something that, uh, you know, Rudolph Valentino would be happy to, to spend a few hours in. Uh, the bed here is far, far oversized. Yeah. The footing on it is uh, all handcrafted, deep oak. It's a it's a beautiful setup. It's, it, the bed's unmade, uh, but it definitely appears as if this has been made for a purpose. Is this a bed or a party ground? A man would have to be a sprinter to catch his wife in a bed like that. <laughs> Something like that, yes. Uh, there are various uh, objects in the closet, clothes, suits. Uh, there's also ladies' clothing in the closet as well. It almost as if, looks as if this is a uh, closet that both man and woman shared at one point. Or perhaps still do. Do the clothes look like they've been moved recently, or I mean, no, moth, I mean, you know, uh, dusty. Um. No, they're not dusty at all. Actually, uh, the ladies' clothes, for the most part, appear to be um, far fewer than the 
than the men's clothes right over there. Uh, but there is definitely a feel to the, the the man's clothes here. This is these suits are um, any res- any respectable gentleman would would have no problem wearing these suits. Yeah. This is something that you would wear to a business meeting or right, to right. somebody who manages an office would wear something like this. I'm not touching anything that I can help. Okay. Uh, I'm looking around for notes. I'm looking for... Give me a spot hidden roll if you'd like to search the room. Yes. No. Okay. So, uh, Mr. Doyle... Okay, so... I, and Mr. Doyle, have a very bad feeling about this. So I'm going to grab What's in the box? something off the counter to use to peel back the... Uh... You grab something off the counter to peel back like a pair of tongs, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. Wunderbar. You set the beef roast down on the counter with a bit of a smush. And as it sits there, you remove a pair of tongs from the drawer and you slowly peel back the brown butcher paper. And you realize actually you have to tug two or three times on that paper because of course it's it's still wrapped in twine a bit uh, and you've got to pull the left and pull the right piece and you finally pull the butcher paper apart. You can see and hear just the the stickiness of the paper come apart. And once fully exposed here on the kitchen counter, you come to one clear realization. This is simply a wonderful cut of beef roast. <laughs> yeah, okay. I feel a lot better about that. Well, it's not out of the question considering the things right. we have seen right. <laughs> in, the exactly. in the past, oh, I don't know, only three days. Exactly. Moving from the bedroom to the bathroom. Okay. I assume the bathroom is attached to the bedroom. Um, it's in. The, it's down the hallway. Okay. So basically, there, you go from the kitchen down a hallway to the bedroom, and then mm-hmm. there is a bathroom that you could stop and use if you need to. Um, I want to see, are there women's toiletries in there as well as men's? Uh, in fact, there are. <coughs> I'm going to come back out into the kitchen. You see Mr. Doyle and you see an enormous beef roast. Shame about this beef roast. There are women's clothes here. He may have had a wife. He has a wife. I'm going to start looking around. Is there an office of any type? Study? Um, It just looks like maybe there off the sitting room there is a a small office, if that's what's behind the door. It would make sense in its overall footprint. 
this is where the uh, all right I'll check it out okay wander in there uh, behind the door there is a small simple eight by eight room uh, although it is strangely appointed uh, the desk is rather small uh, almost timid you would say there's a stool by which someone would sit right at this small desk uh, and when they do they would be writing at nothing more opulent than a school desk kind of pushed against the wall mm-hmm. uh, in the center of the room there appear to be uh, markings on the floorboards here you don't understand they don't make any sense to you it looks like some kid came in and drew with chalk all over the wood here uh, there are some sheaves of paper on the desk itself and it looks like just from your trained private investigator eye it looks like somebody came in here and was looking for something and didn't find it or if they found it they definitely threw, threw things about a bit. Well, that's our assertion of the room. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden roll. No, no, that was awful. That was just terrible. Okay, what was it? 97. All right, so 97 on spot hidden is a fumble because anything between 96 and 100 is. Uh, so shit. you take a look at a couple of things and... You get a little... Have you ever walked into a room and seen it so disjointed it actually makes you uncomfortable? Yeah. That's what this room does to you. This room actually, because of the way it's in disarray, because maybe the, uh, the, the drawing on the floor or whatever it is about this room, you get immediately uncomfortable. And you decide to turn right around and walk out. If you want to look through that, you go ahead. Yeah, actually, I will look through it. I will look through the rest of the place. Um, if you're searching the bedroom, yeah. uh, you can go ahead and give me a spot hidden room. For That's a lot better. Get back to you in a second. Nope. 89. Okay. I don't understand what I'm seeing here. Uh, no, you don't. And furthermore, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, this room was used for something. You just have no idea what it was used for. Pretty much. Uh, in the bedroom, Jake, you do locate a couple of suits with monograms on them. JS. Multiple monogrammed suits. Uh, obviously, he lives here or lived here at one point. And because you were the person that searched the Holden house, and you're also searching this bedroom, you have a fairly decent judge that the clothes here fit the same person that the clothes at the Holden house fit. Same size person. Same uh, level of elegance. Interesting. 
And you also find at the bottom of this closet space, you find a safe. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. <coughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with that. <laughs> we know exactly what you're going to do with that, Mr. Doyle. <laughs> is it a combination safe or is it a key safe? It is a key safe. Well. I guess I have no choice but to act, see if it's unlocked after several minutes of messing with it. Why don't you give me a actual roll first? There's probably a key mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. So whether it's here, so that's what I'm going to do is look for a key. Give me an idea roll first. 22. Uh, you begin searching for a key and you stand up and the first thing you do is you pat your inside pocket because you have a key right. that Bob Creedy gave you. Yeah. I didn't know if uh, this key would work out safe as well. I Are you going try. to try it? Might as well. You press it into the lock mm-hmm. and you turn it quickly to the left and you hear a very pleasant thunk as the safe door gives way. I like it when stuff comes together. Open it up. Well, inside the safe, you find a couple of things. One of the things that you find in the safe are a few rather large stacks of bills. Oh, look, I can pay my rent this month. (laughs) I don't know anything about that. No, you're in the other room. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Staring at the floor. Actually, yes, I am, and there's a reason for that. Yeah, are you going to push that roll, sir? Uh, yeah, I am. So, tell me in what way you're pushing it. How are you redoubling your efforts? There you are, Mr. Doyle. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, something was done here. Yes. Um, whatever it was was also done in a hurry See because of the childish drawing on the floor, or or in or hurried drawing on the floor, perhaps. Um. Do you have any occult? I only have the 5% that we all have at yeah. stake. If you would like to make an occult roll, you're more than welcome to it. Damn, I should have brought the camera. Yeah, 98, that's fumble. Okay. I don't know. I do not this, know. This looks like school kid drawings to you. It does, it does, but perhaps the products of a disordered mind, Swift is, you know, supposedly part of a cult of people that do things with a hole in the ground at the stockyards and they like shooting each other and there's weird organ things and diseases and I have no idea but there are papers there Mm. and I want to look at those so you're you're redoubling your spot hidden role yep Yep. So give me uh, uh, 
a hard spot hidden. Yeah. Uh, 17 or better. That is a, that is a seven. Yep. Holy shit. Very good. <laughs> you find two pieces of paper on the desk face down. One is uh, definitely an older vellum. The other is some sort of crinkled parchment. <laughs> this is... I've seen this sort of thing before, and it was very disturbing. But... If this will help me figure out what the hell's going on. What the... Uh, Please roll Sandy. Uh, no, 92. Who's the point of sanity, sir? Okay, yeah. We're headed right down. Okay, we're good. We're good. We're at 38. It's all good. <laughs> oh, that reminds me that was the other research I was going to do. I. One second. Uh, I, um, wait, what? <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, okay, uh, and then I look at the next one. So the next page seems to be lines of what looked like absolute gibberish written one after another after another there doesn't seem to be so much of a rhyme or reason to them to get to the lower parts where there seem to be some sort of uh sentences that flow well together but the the now the vowels and the the constants make no sense to your brain um this is it looks almost like music. It looks like, because there's a couple of lines that keep repeating, like a chorus. Um, uh, oh, God. Uh, do I have to roll sanity on both of them, or just the one? No, just the one. Uh, Mr. Doyle, I'm in the other room. Uh, Mr. Doyle, in from the other room, uh, you can definitely hear his uh, exasperated. Um, oh, I know. You hear an intake of breath. <laughs> uh, but it's hard to hear over the smell of muddy in your hands. <laughs> right, no. What else is in the uh, What else safe? is in the safe? Uh, so there are some, what appears to be some business ledgers. You're not really sure specifically what they... They're, um, so imagine four or five, six very thick pieces of paper that have been folded on top of one another, and then they use some sort of string folder system to hold them together. Uh, they, it just a, a quick cursory glance appears to be uh, deeds uh, to uh, land. Not really certain where, uh, but there are, they, they do say, you know, deed, and then there are some uh, I'm gonna take them. details. Just because it may come in handy to, if we are looking, you know, yeah, if absolutely. they own some land, then maybe there's something there. Absolutely. Uh, so, 
at the bottom of the safe, at the back end of it, you do find a, a small gold ring and uh, inscribed, it's a very thin band, very thin band, uh, kind of in, inscribed on the, the inside of it. There seems to be uh, some sort of simple symbol, like a flower or something. From, for just from your uh, cursory knowledge of rings, given your investigating background, uh, this is definitely a woman's ring. It's not a man's ring. That's what you find. It's all evidence. Enjoy the money. All right. And then I'll go find out what the hell he's. Uh, he is standing near the desk in the in the room, and his hand is uh, covering his face, and he's, his other hand is shaking with these papers. He seems to. So, clutch. what did you find? Uh, Mr. Doyle, this is disturbing. Yeah, what else is new? That's, dear God, those are hands. <laughs> yeah, go <sighs> for it. Read this. No, that's, not that just well, because of that, when I did you, I was like, oh, I've really found this. And you're like, yeah. Hey, I made it. Hey, when nice. you find that kind of pain, it must be so, scared. So, you make it, and you don't lose any sanity. Yeah, not that bad. I mean, not great. Looks like a language of some type. Quite possibly. It's some sort of written word. You're not really sure. Oh, there's a Masazaga. Yeah, that one. All right, well, well, we definitely have to bring these back to Miss O'Shea. And I'm the one who's going to go crazy. Well, that's your job. <laughs> it is my job. <laughs> so, other than that here in the apartment, are you investigating anything else? There really isn't much more space physical space to investigate unless you're going to try to rip open walls or uh, do any of these symbols look like the symbols on the ground um, if, if you take the uh, parchment spell there that you have and you kind of juxtapose it against the floor there are some symbols that do appear to line up a little bit but the floor it looks like it's either incomplete or Perhaps someone tried to remove part of it, or or perhaps sweep some of it away. It's hard. It's hard to tell. Whatever's done been done in this room was done, and so then undone. It's possible. Well, I know there's papers all over the floor, right? You do. Can we pick some of these, a bunch of these papers up and just, not even anywhere, just get them out of the way so we can yeah, see if absolutely. maybe there was absolutely. some kind of pattern? Yes, it does appear, if you clear the floor, it does appear that there was a pattern to all of this at one point. Uh, and after some of the papers are then cleaned up, you also see that there was a definitive move to sweep some of this away. Right. Well, can I write down, like on a piece of paper, 
get an idea of it at least. Because I mean, obviously, I'm not going to be able to completely recreate. You can give you can give a rough sketch, yes. So I can at least bring it back. To sure. Maybe she can make more of it. Are there any other objects in the room? Uh, candles. There are. Uh, you find a you find a few pieces of uh, what almost look like snake bolt. But there's no scales, right? Not that you see. Um. Did you find anything? Uh, yeah, I found a little bit of something. Uh, some deeds. We might want to look at uh, the addresses, maybe there's something as to them. Um, a ring. I want to look into. Yeah. So, are you staying or going? Uh, I think we're going to go. Yeah, we're, we're going Very to good. go. So, Miss O'Shea, mm -hmm. after your rest period, what would be your plan? <coughs> I'm going to take um, some of the bolting with me. Okay. Very good. I want to research the symbols that are on uh, the piece of paper we found at the apartment. At the stockyards. The first one we lost sanity with. Oh, right, of course. Yes, and you're investigating. It's a nice box. medical diagram. Yes. But I said I was going to cross reference some of the. It's stuck on uh, some of the um, symbols and see if there were any in any of the books. And especially since I have a lead on, like, the native. Stuff and snakes and all that and maybe. Uh, go ahead and roll a cult. Yeah. And we'll uh, we'll see what you can determine. The two of you are heading back to the doctor's office then. Uh. Or are you talking about your um, office? Actually, I would like to. Do we know where Miss O'Shea lives? Uh, you've picked her up from her house. Before. That's less than car or epic or whatever. Because I had 75. Yeah. Stream. Uh, what'd you roll, Tiff? Oh. Huh? What'd you roll? I rolled 12. Okay. So 12. Out of 75. Then, yeah, absolutely. That is an extreme. Okay. So I'm going to give you a couple of pointers here. Okay. Um, some of these symbols are written in a very high arcane tongue. Okay. Um, this is a... A couple of these symbols here are actually Arabic. In fact, many of the symbols you see here are written in some derived tongue of Arabic. After you match a few of them up, you can see. So I could probably take like a, a day or two and maybe. Did just Mr. Translate? Shea speak, speak Arabic? No, but if I have books, would I? Could I have a book that? Or oh, go find one? Translating Arabic by book would be a very, very lengthy process. Right. Not impossible, mind you, but very lengthy process. It is something you could potentially okay. invest in. This symbol here, in the upper left, the eye, uh, grabs you because some of the... Some of the text around it appears to infer um, that there are three eyes on this person. Okay. Not just the two in the front inset of the ghastly creature, 
but almost as if there is a third one that's been supplanted inside the brain, as if awakened. Perhaps he's woke. So, where are the two of you going? Miss O'Shea's. Okay. Very good. You arrive shortly thereafter while she's doing her research. Um, I assume, unlike most people, I assume Miss O'Shea locks her front door. Yeah. Yeah. Relatively smart for you to do. Uh, So, you arrive, yes? Yes. Okay, very good. Um, Knock. Well, I guess I'll uh, go to the window and, like, like peek out first. Two, there are two men on your front sto- doorstep. And do I recognize them? You do. All right. Then I will open the door. Very good. This is a Kentucky Belmont. Hi. We have something for you to look at. <laughs> oh, well, come on in. I'm in the library. Mr. Shea's house is actually uh, relatively well appointed. It seems like um, she's... Uh, Got some substa- so substantial money behind her. Isn't your house mostly library? Yes. <laughs> okay, the library. Pretty much everything but for you. What is your credit rating? Um, my credit rating is thirty. Oh, okay. But I inherited the house. Okay. So he hands you a couple pieces of, of parchment. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> I don't recognize this language, right? Can I, I, see I your, only speak Latin. Can I see your character sheet really quick? <laughs> <laughs> I know it says black, but I really get great. <laughs> <laughs> if you notice. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, uh, it's not a tongue you recognize. Okay. Uh, although, it does appear to be some sort of, maybe it's a, a poem? There are some repeating lines in there, and that's kind of a giveaway. Yes. Okay. A poem, perhaps a, a, song. a song. Oh, and then I also give you the piece of paper that has the uh, drawing that I made. This oh. Was, this was out of a uh, Florida room in there. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh. You reveal so. the, the second page, and you yeah. see a figure which... Uh, Completely shudders your belief in humanity for a moment. Roll sand. I had to roll lower than my sanity, correct? Yes, you do. Okay. Nope. Ooh. 84. <laughs> mm. uh, lose four points of sanity. Oh, oh God! Oh. As that was a kick to the gut. That's <laughs> a kick. I'm not sure that the gut. Oh. Somewhere sensitive. Actually, as a side note. Welcome to the 30s. Uh, as a side, as a side note, um, all of the readings and, and all of the times people have looked at the parchment, I've rolled a d6 every time except now it's come up one. <laughs> so this is the first time it's actually come up a number other than one. Uh, the paper. I'm never looking at a picture of you. You can't ever. So. Remember, I told you but not you to look the last Yep, time. and you, I took your advice, didn't I? What you see here is Dante. Uh, you see a sorcerer, uh, a caster projected into your mind. Uh, inside your mind's eye, you see his body there, standing above an altar, calling and calling and calling to this being from the beyond. 
not just his mouth, but his body itself. Mm. His <coughs> jaw distends, and, it, and you see uh, long, sharp rows of jagged yellow teeth. And from the inner part of his chest, you see a third eye bloom. And as he moves his arms in this dance, this, this process, very specific movements, he ushers forth this creature from the foul mud. And you feel the growl and hum of its body in your chest as you shudder. Honey? So enjoy the drawing. <laughs> I'll probably sit down. <laughs> Those handouts are going to look fabulous when this is actually published. Miss O'Shea collapses into a chair. to her icebox for some ice. All right. Are these... Is this similar writing? <laughs> um, kind of... Hands kind of shake a bit as you adjust the two and look side by side at the two disgusting imagery. Foul presences on the, the vellum itself. The text is very similar. Okay. And the and the picture from the room. Yes, the that one he, he. Yeah, that he drew up, which will probably be much easier to look at. Um. Do so. What about the floor made him draw that as? With this, are there circles like in similar or? Give me an occult roll. We are close to wrapping, by the way. Sixty-nine out of seventy-five. You are familiar with the symbols that have some of the symbols that have been placed on the floor. Uh, while they may have been washed away, the one thing which is telling on that second, that newest piece of parchment that you have mm -hmm. is the pentacle. Okay. What you do not understand, however, is what is inside. Okay. What exists inside the pentacle, you do not understand what that symbol is. Okay. You are curious. <laughs> what is that melody? Alright, well then I have more research to do. Probably set that down. Go look at other books. <laughs> do you reverse some Face down. Pretend it's not there. Shove it off to the side for a little bit. <laughs> Alright. Can I do one more thing? Do one more thing. Um, I have 
I may be getting a phone call from a Mr. Jackson who writes some interesting books who might be able to help us do some insight. What kind of books does he write? Uh, I don't know exactly, but apparently he's Wait, into very Jackson and Elias? I, I don't know. They just, uh, I was just told that. Uh, How did you get a hold of uh, It's a long story. Apparently, my lawyer also works with him. He's it's his lawyer, and it's a whole crime thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's books from Jackson Elias, it'll definitely help us. I mean, I might actually speak to him soon. Okay. So, if you know who this is, and maybe uh, I, well, I have a couple of his books. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> like, maybe, pull maybe, out like maybe when he calls, if you're there, we can have you speak to him mm. directly. Yeah. Sure. Right. Neat. We'll close the curtain on tonight. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed yourselves. You don't like that. No. <laughs> yes.